We used to play a game every year to celebrate what it means to be a Galloway. And through blood, sweat, and tears, I hope to forge that strength in you. And in return, one of you would walk away with a prize. And then Vincent was kidnapped and we stopped. But now I've decided to revive our competition one final time. Drop it! Duncan and both come correct. Slightly insidious, but at the same time, could be a good thing. Although yeah. you never, you never hear like you, you never hear like uh, it's usually a harbinger of doom. It's not like harbinger, uh, harbinger of plentiful. Right? Yeah, you, you, you <laughs> never get like a harbinger of fruit baskets. <laughs> yeah. Aha! I am the harbinger ah. of the muffin basket. Oh, congratulations on your fifteenth year anniversary with the company. Oh, that's, <laughs> I must go now. That's Ooh. the frosty on the muffin. Um, frosty on the fucking muffin. All right. Well, welcome everyone. Are we live? We oh. are live to uh, how, another. How much of the harbinger conversation did they get? Uh, pretty much all of it. Oh shit. Um. So, <laughs> welcome to a brand new season of uh, Duncan and Bo. Come correct. Uh, continuing. Uh, some say, despite all rational thinking. Yeah. Uh, at this point, yeah. Our our uh sub series. Duncan and Bo slash fiction. We have it, it, this is what it's all been about, Duncan. <laughs> yeah, unless we forget, which, uh, <laughs> this is the problem. <laughs> this is like, like we spent a year watching this TV show because of this season. Yeah, and I watched the first episode, and that last year feels like it was wasted, Bo. <laughs> I don't want to don't want to upset the hardcore slasher heads out there, but yeah. season four is not filling me with confidence even a little bit. I, well, first of all, I question how many hardcore slasher heads there are out there. <laughs> Don't know. It keeps getting... Hey, listen. It keeps getting reprogrammed and given a new season. Are they so, doing a season five? Has that been announced? Is that a thing uh, that's going to happen? I mean, come on. Have you watched any of uh, the Creepshow stuff on on uh, Shudder? Yeah. I've they're up to like season fucking three on that. And it's about as mediocre a TV show as you're going to get. So I would argue the episodes of Creepshow I've seen have been better than oh god yeah oh yeah, 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 yeah. but I, like yeah yeah but you've not watched all of Creepshow trust me there are a few in there that are slasher level I well um, I'm sure but it's an anthology you know like that's such is the curse of the anthology in my opinion you can't yeah. you're always gonna get some stinkers in there where you know you're you're dealing with different filmmakers and different writers and different you know blah 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 um, yeah. <laughs> I, I at some point, like if I ever break my leg, I'll sit down and watch some of some more of that creep uh, show series. Don't do but, it. Don't do it. Don't, um, don't yeah. Don't I've try, got others. Try and anything else except that. Like you know, like there's there's the, the problem the problem with slasher season four, right? Mm-hmm. Is that yeah, please Adam, what is the problem uh, with slasher season Adam four? Adam Martin it keeps getting some sort of weird positive feedback in what he's doing. And mm-hmm. that, you know, every time they greenlit another season of it, that is him essentially getting positive reinforcement that what he's doing is good. And that's why we're here. Like season four is like that. Well, we had we all had all that Netflix back. Let's say uh, let's transition over Shudder, which is the Netflix of horror. And yeah, I, I yeah, we're going to get into it. But like, it, I was excited. Remember I'd said I was like, it's the, you know, you have to spend a night in the creepy house to get my fortune mm-hmm. sort of set up. I am down to clown on that. It's like about as classic horror as it gets. So I was like, yes, 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 yes. And then like just instantly 
I forgot about flashbacks. And like, at least as soon as that thing started, I was like, oh, no, 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 no. And for some reason, we're doing a riff on Ready or Not, and I'm not done with that either. So I don't like it, no. Yeah. Ah, and not oh. the Fuji song. No. <laughs> Gonna find you <laughs> and make you slash me. Yeah, pretty much. Um, I also have a very strong theory. I know who the killer is already. So, um, okay, I will. We'll get into that on the back end because I'm. I'm yeah. not. I don't have any a confident guess, but I definitely have a guess. All right, cool, cool, cool. Right, uh, yeah. I've got, I've got, I've got, uh, I've got, yeah. I've got a guess, but it's a guess without substantiated evidence to the contrary because we really. This is the most superficial episode ever we got no real character background right. at all but there was one point i was like that hmm, if i was going to be a killer on a tv show i would be you so we'll yeah. see if that we'll see if that plays out um over the the next seven episodes after this ball it um, is kind of quaint that this show uses uh the technology of the telegraph <laughs> especially in the kills <laughs> where you're like Beep, 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 beep. Oh, slasher kill coming. Um, <laughs> there's, there's at least there's at least one there's like there's a, a death in the episode that had me fucking howling on yeah. the couch. Like I was like I, I had like tears pissing in my eyes because they relied on someone selling the death who is maybe the most cold filmmaker in the history of cinema. <laughs> we, yes, we will get to David Cronenberg in this episode. It's it's quite a treat. It's, um, it's, the most, it's the most baffling bit of casting I've ever seen it in my entire life. He's got an IV. Like <laughs> uh. <laughs> Just insane. Absolutely insane. But yeah, there we go. There All right. We well, uh, as we always do here on Duncan and Bo, Duncan and Bo come correct. This is what it's done to us. This I, is what it's done to us, Bo. Dude, I'm telling you, I, I, I woke up too early today. That's the real problem. <laughs> is that at like 6 a.m., I'm taking apart my computer to put new thermal paste on my processor. Uh, yeah, you had one of those. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Uh, where and I, I i get well i um, last night i'm not particularly well at the moment um and i struck like everyone knows i struggle to sleep at the best of times even worse when i'm not well i just can't get comfortable at all uh, so i kind of tossed and turned i listened to i think i caught up with about four and a half hours of a podcast i was running behind on so i'm now back up to date with that which was kind of great but um the the weather over here last night was pretty horrendous it was like a gale force winds i was like 85 miles an hour uh winds and um i live kind of uphill um so it was just howling around my house all last night and every creek i thought that's my fence come down and i'm gonna have to deal with a broken fence this morning and it wasn't it wasn't at all but you know i've not slept i'd uh, like i'm uh, i am like overtrained, under motivated I've watched the new season of Slasher, and I'm here to chat about with you, Bo. Like, I'll be honest, if this was if this recording was with anyone else, I would not be fucking here. Well, I would have just said, bin it. Although I did try last night to see, I floated an idea with you, Bo, and I thought, this idea will work, because Bo will be on board, and Bo was like, Bo to the shit. And um, yeah, we're here. 
so yeah oh well speaking of bad ideas we're we're gonna do science crazed <laughs> in a couple of weeks so um yeah yeah but that's that at least gets doug tilly off my back doug tilly's been asking me every time i ask for listener suggestions doug tilly's posted that in my group page now for the best part of about six years i don't so. know hold on let's see if if this will show here yeah Oh god. So yeah, sure enough, Doug Tilly's name on the back of the box. <laughs> where is he your commission? Is he is is that what is? that I'm pretty sure. And his it, the blurb is, by the way, uh-huh. you have never ever seen anything like science crazed, I promise you. Which not incorrect. That is <laughs> that that is a correct assessment of science crazed, but Oh, so you've seen it now. Oh yeah. <laughs> I've still to watch it. I've still to watch it. it. I watch it just before we record it because I ain't watched it twice. I've got to, so, yeah. I'm gonna, I'm gonna listen to the the filmmakers commentary. I don't think, uh-huh. I don't think it's actually director commentary. I think it's like somebody who is Canucksploitation uh, dot com, something right. like that does commentary. Probably Doug. Doug Tilly is. Yeah, it's yeah, probably Doug. Doug Tilly <laughs> um, made the movie. What you don't know is Doug has like a series of different for tax purposes. Doug has like a series of different names, and he's made this movie himself. Yeah. So I wouldn't uh, be surprised. Yeah, like it's his Alan Smithy is uh, <laughs> who directed this. Uh, I don't, I don't guess it says on the box because that's usually an indicator. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'd, I'd have to look, but, um, right. Yeah. So at any rate, this, yeah, th- this movie is, is truly bizarre. Um, but we're going to enjoy talking about it anyway. Uh, hello, Robert in the chat. Uh, but uh, the point being what we normally do to kick off these episodes is to talk about a yep. movie, good and bad that we've seen recently. Yep, and uh, you want to kick things off? I'm, I got, I'm loaded for bear, but you, uh, yeah. So I've, I've not. I'll be honest with you. I've not actually seen anything that I actively disliked. Ooh. So, um, what I'm coming in here with is uh, what I really liked, and uh, a TV show that I'm watching that I'm almost at the halfway mark. That at the moment I'm really enjoying, but it has the potential to to make some mistakes so we'll be tracking that by the next time we record i'll be finished so my good um on this one is the new guillermo del toro movie nightmare alley which is yeah. just fucking awesome i mean i think he said in an interview that he's been wanting to do this for like decades and like way back at like chronos time he was wanting to do this movie and he just he just needed to wait essentially he needed to get the best picture oscar in order to make the movie <laughs> so, like, so um this is this is everything that you want from a, a del toro movie on screen um i mean his biggest crime if there is one is that it's very blatantly obvious how it's going to end from about 20 minutes into like you like i like 100 knew exact exactly how it was going to end but then that works to its benefit because when you understand that's most likely how the movie is going to end you're then basically following the rise and fall of bradley cooper's character um and bradley cooper is fucking incredible in this like absolutely incredible and the cast once again you know as del toro great cast around them um richard jenkins is incredible in it as well he plays like really like a really menacing character that I like, I wasn't expecting from him. Once again, just proving that he's the easily one of the most versatile actors out there. That is 
completely underused in Hollywood. Um, but yeah, you've got like Tony Collette, Ron Perlman shows up for a wee bit. You've got just like loads of different Willem Dafoe. Like Willem Dafoe at the moment is having like a mini renaissance. Like, I mean, I don't think the guy's ever not been like an incredible actor, but in the space of a week and a half, I saw him reprise the role as the as the Green Goblin in that Spider-Man movie. Mm. And he's the best thing in that Spider-Man movie. Um, I just want to stress I enjoyed that Spider-Man movie before I get hate mail. Um, I did enjoy it, but he is by far the best thing in that. He's fucking, he's like a head and shoulders above everyone else. Um, and then obviously he's, a, he's appearance in here in Nightmare Alley. He's going to be in The Northman later on this year for Rob Hager. So, I mean, like he's 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 default. Um, but yeah, it's, it's beautifully shot. It's like it's got that like kind of great Art Deco um, kind of you know style of the kind of nineteen thirties nineteen forties, and it's just beautiful. It has a, a real noirish quality about it. Well, it's, yeah, a it's based yeah. on a classic noir film. Yeah. So yeah, so, or well, book originally then a noir but, film. Yeah. But yeah, Tyrone Power I think was in the original Nightmare Alley. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so I'm on a bit of a bent at the moment with that. My whole new season of Where to Begin With this year is looking at uh, film noir, neo-noir. So 10 picks of me to kind of put that out there for people to 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 check out what they can and uh, hopefully get them as excited about the genre as I am. But yeah, it just it ticked all the boxes for me. And I, at the end of it, I'd like once again, I was kind of, I went to see it with the, with the Baz, and we were talking about it at the end of the Baz was basically saying, you know, Del Toro, he's, he's like, he never like anymore, never really fully commits to like a horror movie, but there's always elements in it that, you know, very much grimmed it in that environment. I was like, yeah, but that's kind of what makes him like such an interesting director is the fact that like the best directors in the world don't have to make an out and out horror movie to have that impact. They can just include it as part of the DNA of the project. Uh, David Lynch being a, a great example of that. Um, so yeah, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. Um, easily my, the best thing I've seen this year thus far, although it is only January. So yeah. that's that is my good. Andrew also pointing out in chat that Del Toro's next project is his Pinocchio that he's been yeah. wanting to do forever. So it, this is like right. we. Uh, yeah, just keep giving. My point is just keep giving them money. <laughs> like everyone, just keep giving them money. Um, because like, there's nothing that guy doesn't make that doesn't look like, I mean, I think uh, Nightmare Alley was, what was like 40, 45 million. I think is how much it cost to make. Yeah. I mean, but perfect. It because looks, that, yeah. Yeah. But it looks so much more than that. I mean, it looks so tangible and so real and grounded that like, if someone had said to me, oh no, he, you know, he'd spent Marvel money on that movie. I would have totally believed it. Um, it's just such a lush looking movie. Uh, so yeah, and he's Pinocchio, end of the year. Uh, I think it's coming straight to Netflix. Um, and that, once again, that's another thing where I'm like that. See if he just wants to do the, the old Mike Flanagan thing and uh, just uh, keep over with the Netflix guys. I'd be fine with that as well. Mm -hmm. Like Anything that allows that man to make the movies that he wants to make make me very happy. Uh, all right, well, I'll give you my good. Also, what up, Pete Quint? Also join us in chat. Uh, What's up? Um, all right. So, uh, what is my good? All right. Let me, all right. Let me talk about this. <laughs> you've seen, you've been spoiled. You've seen so many good movies. Uh, I mean, uh, we could talk about Citizen Kane again, but I mean, <laughs> uh, what a, what a tremendous film, but, um, uh -huh. I, no, I'm, so 
I recently rewatched The Martian. And oh right, and wow. I, I kind of want to. The the point I want to make about The Martian is less that the the movie The Martian is really good, which it is, and yeah. I, I enjoyed watching it again. But I had just read the book, uh-huh. and so I went back to revisit the movie after reading the book, mm-hmm. and um, I got uh, boy, welcome welcome to Clicheville, population <laughs> bow. Um, uh, it was one of those experiences where I was like, I really like this movie, but it is such a shadow of what the book is. Yeah. And I, I, I just want to encourage anyone, like if you enjoyed the movie, The Martian. Yeah. Definitely check out the book because I'll tell you the point in the movie when I was watching it, and this is my good, keep in mind. Even yeah. though I'm gonna I'm gonna <laughs> trash talk the movie a little bit, but it's really good. It's like super entertaining and and filled with good performances, and it, it's one of the best like real world space movies since like Apollo 13. Yeah, but the <laughs> or or takes the science fiction seriously, you know, in a way that's really fun. But in the movie, when you have that Matt Damon moment where he's like, "I'm gonna science this shit," and you're like, "Huh, <laughs> all right," and that's fine but uh in the book it's like oh it has to go into detail of here is how he is going to science that shit yeah and i had forgotten that for because again i I was coming straight off the book so i had sort of forgotten that the movie really glosses over most of that stuff which is understandable because i don't know that it makes for that exciting a movie to be like well i've got to find these parts per million of water to grow these potatoes successfully. It's, it's, a, it's a difficult balancing act right. when it comes to adaptations like that. In a book form, you can really find yourself getting invested, but if you're trying to make all the money at the box office, uh, it's just going to get, it's going to get condensed down. Yeah. It's very it, difficult to do a montage in a book. <laughs> right, well, yeah, for sure. And, uh, but, but I, like, I still enjoyed it. Like I had a great time watching the movie. Um, but the whole time I was watching it, I, I was like, boy, this, Honestly, I understand why you make all these decisions to make this movie what it is. Yeah. But I I was really missing like, oh, there's the whole part with the sandstorm that just doesn't exist in the movie. And that was such a great part of the book and yada, yada, yeah. yada. Um, Alan also asking, what is the nature of the good? Um, and if we're going to get into kind of Kantian philosophy this early... Mm. Uh, let me just say yeah, that. Yeah, like Bo's been up since six o'clock repairing his PC. So this yeah. is not the time, not the time to be throwing those questions out, Alan. Right. You should know better, frankly. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> look, epistemology <laughs> is a totally different podcast. Uh-huh. Um, but we can we can do that. I've where is my I've got uh <laughs> I've got my copy of Kant laying around somewhere. I've got like where do you want to go? Hegel? Do you want to talk some Hegel as well? Um oh, yeah. I enjoy good Hegel. Try and uh, get that price down. Hegelian philosophy, sir, is uh, a little too rooted in religion for my taste, but I get it. Um, ah. uh, and that also reminds me, this is probably a joke I, I've told you before, Duck, but if you've never seen it, there is an old Steve Martin special that he did for the CBS network over here in the States. Mm-hmm. And one of the bits he did was the death of Socrates. And I, You've never told me this. So. Okay. So, and see, search it out. I think you could probably find it on YouTube or something. But anyway, so it's Steve Martin in like the toga surrounded Mm -hmm. by, you know, wizened old men. 
and they come in and they're like, Socrates, here's your hemlock. And he's like, great. And he drinks it real fast. Yeah. And he goes, so what was the verdict? And they're like, it was guilty. You just drank the hemlock. And he yeah. goes, so? And they're like, well, hemlock is poison. And he goes, oh, that's what gets me about you guys. It's always Socrates, what is truth? Socrates, what is justice? Socrates, what is the nature of the good? But not once did anyone ever say, Socrates, hemlock is poison. <laughs> it's tremendously funny. Um, and I, I recommend that you go seek it out. But anytime somebody asks about the nature of the good, it's Steve Martin that pops into my head complaining about the fact that no one ever told him hemlock was poison. Um <laughs> <laughs> oh dear <laughs> uh it, alan also admitting that he is a stinker much like yep. uh bugs bunny and uh pete quint uh pointing out nicholas cage as well knows about to be dracula in a movie <laughs> and which that's 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 universal money mm -hmm. i'm glad i that that, that sounds like a great pick to me. does it <laughs> Yeah, well, okay, all right. So the movie is called Renfield. It is. It is. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, who's who's playing Renfield? Is it? If it's not Tom Waits, then it's not worth watching. Uh, so. Well, I mean, <laughs> what, what's he sucking in there? <laughs> um, oh, <dear. laughs> hold on. Um, I, I was gonna say it's Daniel Radcliffe, but now that that doesn't sound right. Um, yeah, like this feels like it is a comedy. Nicholas like, yeah, Holt. Uh, Nicholas oh, Holt. I do, I do, I do like. Renfield. I do like Nicholas Holt. Um, I, I just it can. It's confusing me. It's get like and nothing. Like, I love me Nicholas Cage. You know, I love yeah. me some Nicholas Cage. Um, you know, I, I'm down to climb on that. But once again, this is the we are trying to do things differently because that dark universe shit didn't work. Mm -hmm. So we've had our Invisible Man movie. You know, that did what it did. Um, Karen Kusuma's doing the, is it the Bride of Frankenstein, mm -hmm. I think is what she's working on, which once again, she's known for a particular style of filmmaking. It's usually kind of female empowered. So very much looking forward to that. And then this one is just like, hmm. <laughs> all right. Uh, all right. So it's directed by Chris McKay, who uh -huh. is best known perhaps for doing the Lego Batman movie. And, oh, right. and that Chris Pratt Tomorrow War film that, that got dumped on Amazon because it's not very good. I didn't, I didn't watch it at all because you didn't seem too, yeah, you, <laughs> too keen on it. So I was like, uh. Uh, uh, In the exact opposite of an Aerosmith moment, you didn't miss a thing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so Renfield is, Nicholas Holt is Renfield, Ben Schwartz. I like him as an actor. I've sure. followed him since he was a kid in the UK. He's, he's a really, really, really good actor. Um, and Nicholas Cage, I, I don't know. I, you know what it is? I, I, I just don't, I've said it before, Cage is like, if you get a good script and a good director to keep him on point, he will turn in a phenomenal performance. Yeah. If you get a director who takes the eye off the ball, then you're going to get full-on cage, and that sometimes is not a great thing. You never want to go full cage. Full cage. Uh, so, yeah. yeah. And I, like, my my expectations for this movie are very tempered because I don't, I don't think the director has done anything that knocked my socks yeah. off. Uh, also, it it's taking a comedic slant on the Dracula story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And... Like we've already done that with Dracula Dead and Loving It. That's really all I need. Uh, <laughs> I'm Andrew, an enema. 
<laughs> Dude, the the best joke in that whole movie is when Mel Brooks as Van Helsing is is getting the guy to pound the stake into yeah. the vampire lady's heart, yeah, he and keeps... it's and he ducks behind the column, yeah. And yeah. so, and that after the explosion of blood, and it, the payoff to it is when he, they get back to you know the party or whatever, and they're like, uh, I think it's Harvey Corman who asked him like, you know, Doctor Van Helsing, how is it that yeah. he is covered in blood and you look fine? And he says, you have to know where to stand. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, a, it's a good joke. Um, it's a great joke. It's yeah. a great joke. Um, I, I'm such a kid. Like when it comes to like sense of humor, see Leslie Nielsen just standing pulling a face will make me laugh, but see him raising out of the, the, the coffin, doing the kind of thing like that, and then hitting the chandelier with his head, yeah. howling. Howling! All, it's the simple things. Also, the the bit of him and Van Helsing trying to get the last word at the party <laughs> is <laughs> is really funny. Like, Dracula Dead and Loving is not great, but there are it's no not, it, is, it is pretty funny, though. It's yeah. when he was doing that whole kind of... He did, like, about three or four movies all together that are just basically... Uh, spoofs it was before you started getting like the scary movies and all the rest yeah. so he had a uh, dracula dead and loving it he had um, a uh, he had wrongfully accused though uh, oh leslie nielsen you mean yeah leslie, oh, yeah, leslie like nielsen repossessed said, well, and all that kind of yeah. stuff yeah yeah, yeah. so like, wrong, wrongfully accused is his take on the fugitive which like once again fucking hilarious and then what's that it's spy hard which is him being james bond yeah which is a terrible movie <laughs> like, I was like now unwatchable but kind of funny at the same time andrew points out the the vampire movie to look out for obviously robert eggers knows for you're never gonna get that now Shut like the your studio goddamn mouth. You're not, but you know you won't because he made the lighthouse he made the lighthouse instead of nosferatu and that's why the lighthouse uh, the lighthouse is shot all German expressionism, like Nosferatu. I'm. I hold out hope that eventually you he's going to never. You will I never. I swear to God. Get, I'm telling you back. now, you will never get a Robert Eggers um, Nosferatu. You'll never. You will never get that. He is. He has done his German expressionism movie, and that's that's the lighthouse. And I'll be honest with you, I fucking love the lighthouse. Like mm-hmm. he took all the techniques of Nosferatu and transferred it to a different story. All right, so like, I don't I don't want to talk about this anymore. It makes me too sad. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so, what is your what is your bad movie for this week? So, no bad movie, but I'm watching a TV show at the moment that is um has got me has got me interested. Has got me interested. So, I'm watching Archive Eighty One, the James Wan produced adaptation of a podcast that I was marginally obsessed with during its first season back in twenty. 16 i think is when yeah that came out. Okay, i have not finished this yet but i'm i'm i've watched some of it so yes yeah. so i'm about i'm about the halfway mark i think i've watched about the first three four episodes and i'll be honest with you what i'm seeing is really 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 good i mean the for those that haven't listened to the podcast it is following some of that but it's obviously taking some big kind of um big creative differences has to because it's in a different medium like mm-hmm. a podcast he's he's kind of renewing um and archiving audio cassettes and this one it's videotapes because it's a bit visual media um but loving the casting uh loving the found footage element of it um i think that the way they're doing like a bleed off time between what's happening uh, in the past, what's happening in the present, and some weird interaction between the main characters, I think is also kind of awesome. Um, and yeah, like everything they've done thus far 
in the episodes that I've watched, it's been well paced, well acted, really well shot, and different, which is the big thing to me. Like we're about to talk about a horror TV show on this episode, and I've seen quite a few horror TV episodes, horror shows of late, where things are all very rudimentary and different shades of the same thing. And Archive Eighty One seems like the first in a while, like a legitimate attempt to try and make something different. Um, and, you know, which like it certainly has its roots in like a, a kind of more malicious Twilight Zone. But yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's really, really, really good. It has the potential because it's only eight episodes and I don't know if they're doing a season two. So if they're wrapping up this story, at, at the moment, I'm unsure how they're going to do that. Plus the podcast season one, ends in a way which narratively wouldn't make me excited in a visual format. Um, so I'm kind of hoping they change the ending. Because uh, like, like by the time season two of Archive 81 came on uh, any podcasting device, I kind of checked out a little bit. kind of yeah. pushed it beyond the bit of interest for me. So yeah, at the moment, very high on it. I think people are getting a bit too... They do this with a lot of different things at the moment where, like, uh, the new Candyman comes out, let's all praise Jordan Peele. And I'm like, well, he's the producer, right? And, like, he didn't direct it, but, like, every article is Jordan Peele's Candyman. You know, I, I hate that shit. James Wan seems to be getting an inordinate amount of credit for Archive 81, and he has not directed an episode. He's executively producing it. So... Yeah, let's... Uh, credit where it's due. Um, Archive 81 is uh the the showrunner for it is rebecca sonnenshine and right, there you go yeah and yeah why we're not why we're not focusing on that why we i understand why we're seeing james wan because he is probably as it stands just now one of the biggest power brokers in terms of like horror projects getting off the ground i understand that but at the same time give credit where credit is due someone is running that show and doing it really well and his name appears as a producer on it so let's let's focus on all the good work the rest of the team's doing so mm -hmm. that's my thoughts on it but yeah it has the potential that's the has the potential to turn bad um and i'm looking forward to sitting down here in two weeks time and telling you whether or not it, it managed to stay the course or whether it it went to the bad place Bo. Uh, all right. Well, we'll we'll check back in on Archive eighty one, and hopefully by then I'll have wrapped it up too. I, I still mm. have a couple of episodes of Station Eleven to finish, which has oh, been nice. tremendous. Yeah, That's yeah, really, really good. And uh, and then Archive eighty one, I'm gonna wrap up after that. So nice. Um, let me get What's to my bad. bad. What's your bad for? Uh, I mean, there's just so many, Duncan. Um, <laughs> Why do you do this to yourself? Oh, all right. Well, <laughs> this doesn't answer the question, but here's my answer to the question, um, which is I've recently I've really been indulging myself when it comes to the found footage movies because uh -huh. I do a bonus episode every couple of weeks on Dark Parade where yep. I talk about found footage movies, and I, you know, it's it's you're 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 uh, panning for gold with those found yes. footage movies yeah, yeah, you know you're like a lot of these are going to be shit every now and again you're going to run into one that's pretty good um but let me tell you one uh, especially Th this episode hasn't even released yet so here's a preview of an episode of the found footage fool stuff that i do um but i watched one called the dark web tapes 
I've yeah. seen, I have seen, I've not seen it, but I've seen it on Amazon. Yeah, right. It's on Amazon Prime. Yeah. Don't ever, ever, ever watch it. <laughs> I had kind of flashy art. Yeah. Like it was all yeah. like blues and whites and kind of, I would say enticing, though, but yeah, yeah, no. time for that. The poster will time. fucking trick you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> so the, uh, there, there was another found footage anthology called The Dark Tapes, not to be confused with The Dark Web Tapes. Yeah. The Dark Tapes uh, got a little bit of noise. I don't think it's terrific, but I think it's okay. Um, mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it it's uh, an anthology. It, it kind of rises and falls, and, and it never... The highs aren't tremendously high, but it, there are moments that are like, oh, that's kind of an interesting take on the idea of what a demon yeah, yeah. is and stuff like that you know some ideas uh going on in that whereas the dark web tapes uh was made for ten thousand dollars if imdb <laughs> is to be believed i don't know where that money went uh, uh, it, certainly yes <laughs> certainly not on the screen um it's always drugs book <laughs> it's it, it, probably the poster art uh is, is where it all went dude i i i shit you not a solid <laughs> a, a, of of an hour and twenty minute runtime, solid 45, 40 to forty five minutes of that makeup tips. Absolutely true, because the whole idea is that it's like oh, there's uh, this woman. It's also an an anthology. Yeah. yeah, um, yeah. Although even that, I question. Uh, also, it's a movie. Um, <laughs> Where one of the <laughs> one of the stories is this woman who runs like a makeup blog or uh, video log blog uh, has like a YouTube channel all about makeup uh, tips and whatnot, and that's what a lot of the movie is. It's maybe one of my least favorite things that they're doing right now in cinema uh, as a as a technique and setup for movies is vloggers. Y yeah y it's uh, done to death wrong. now yeah it's done to and i understand that like we need to we need to find a reason for these people to be in this scenario but it's just it's just such a lazy setup and it's also to try and excuse people's actions as well well they'd want to keep involved with what's happening for for you know for the clicks for the likes on on their platform and all the rest and it's about as ham-fisted as the reasons why people hold cameras in a found footage movie when they're being chased by a demon. As you know, you get to the point where you're like, you know, that camera gets thrown at the demon so you can run faster. Oh, um, we'll talk about the gallows another time, Duncan. Yeah, yeah. Oh, God, don't even, man. I never watched that second one. I refuse to watch that second I, one. I started the second one, and I got to tell you, the one thing I will say for the second one is that it gets away from being a found footage movie, and it's just a movie. And All I'm right, like, okay. so did the... Was it the last exorcism did the same thing? So the first movie's found footage, the second movie isn't found footage, right? Or Blair Witch, where you yeah, know, yeah. It, it uses some of that, but it, that is not the thrust of the movie. Like it is just yeah. a movie. Um, but so I'd, yeah. I'm just wanting to find out though if you spent 45 minutes looking at makeup techniques, mm -hmm. why am I not seeing you dolled up this morning? Um, I didn't have time, but if if you're <laughs> asking me, do I know how to make my eyes pop? Yes, yeah, I do know that. That's now. good to know, dude. It was. Like my my nose and ears started bleeding at a certain point. <laughs> <laughs> like like it was one of those movies where about halfway through it, I was like, I gotta turn this off. I can't yeah. keep watching this. 
But then I, at, the more I thought about it, the more I was like, let me finish <laughs> this because I, I want to talk about it on found footage full. Yeah. Um, but also because of how mind numbing it was like, this is a movie in theory, Duncan, this is a movie that is intended for horror fans and how on earth would you waste their time for 45 minutes of the runtime yeah. with, all right, well, and I like shimmer and let me put a little here and, yeah. you know, and I was, Duncan, it, 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 it I mean, it's how you pad your movie out when, like, the $10,000 or whatever it took to make, I guarantee that the person that was fronting a lot of that cost is the one that wrote that story. Maybe so. And you know what I mean? So that's why it has to be in there. And, and it was directed by the actress who starred in it. And even as well, I thought about it, I was like, she just needed to somebody, somebody to say, like, and she's not terrible. That's the thing is, like, she's not a bad actress. Yeah, but you just need to say like you only need like five minutes of makeup shit, and then the audience gets it. They yeah. understand that this is what you do. Yeah, or just do that on YouTube. Oh right, you know or mean? Just, like yeah, take it. Or like, if you, if you feel it. like yeah, if if your five minutes isn't enough to get all your techniques out there, just create a YouTube channel yeah. and do it over there. Maybe yeah, maybe maybe that's the the real solution. But it was. <laughs> Yeah, boy, it, that was a, a rough, rough watch. <laughs> and, and and like I said, the only reason I finished it was because I was like, I need to see this through. I need to see what happens. Turns out nothing happens. Nothing. And uh, like it ends at the place that it should have started, which is also <sighs> like, did you ever see uh, Along Comes the Devil? Yes, I okay. did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and that had the same problem where it's like, oh, the last 10 mi minutes of this movie are good and should have been yeah. the first 10 minutes of the movie. Yes. And yes. then you would have had something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh instead of, you know, an hour of bullshit and then 10 <laughs> minutes of oh, okay, now something's going on. Like I don't when I don't know why this lesson hasn't been learned by filmmakers that it turns out that you need characters and action to make a story. I, I think we've said it before, the found footage thing specifically seems to be a way to shortcut that. But you the mean, good ones still like, do it. Like, uh, you well, know. this is the, but this is the, I think when people see the good ones, what they assume is it's just friends, like with cameras making yeah. a movie, as opposed to actually something created creatively where there's background right your their motivations for the reasons the characters have to act certain ways i think a lot of people that make these kind of lesser quality found footage movies don't approach it that way they approach it as in here's our general story this is kind of where we need to get to in this scene and let's just riff on it and that never works unless once again is the blair witch project um, right, but where, where like you had, is little, yeah, yeah, lightning in a bottle. So I mean, that's you know, what I mean, that's the well, difference. And also, you you knew those like by the end of that movie, you oh, you God, know yeah. the characteristic. Like those aren't just random yeah. people. It's like, oh well, yeah. Heather is very controlling, and Mike yeah. is you know a little bit of a, a scoundrel as it happens, yeah. and you yeah. know, but also just sort of desperate and 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 you know rash in some of his actions and he's stuff like he's that. the he's the the um he's hudson yeah yeah <laughs> pretty much you know what I mean? like <laughs> that's literally as that's his role in that movie and i kind of love it right and and you also have those moments like one of the best moments in in the original blair witch 
is that moment where after like Chris has already disappeared and everything and it's yeah. just them talking about like, Oh, here's what I'm going to do if we get back. You yeah. Know? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. like yeah, having yeah. this kind of human moment where like, Oh man, I'd mess up a cheeseburger right now. You know, that kind yeah. of stay, that kind of stuff. And it, it, right. Like it, filmmakers take all the wrong lessons away from Blair Witch, which is that you can do something cheap and not show yeah. anything. Well, I think the thing is, like, if anyone does any research on the filming of that, it was fucking arduous to yeah. film that movie. I think people just look at it from, like, a, you know, a very kind of superficial perspective that that looks like that's really easy to do. We just grab some friends, bring them out into the woods and make noises in the background, mm-hmm. sort it in post. And it's the wrong approach. And that's why I think the the more consistently fail for me. But then the best ones are the ones that just do something like don't even go necessarily for the scares. I told you, like one of one of my favorites of recent times was a uh, murder death career, Tim, mm-hmm. which is if you've not seen it, highly recommend it. And it is the most simple premise. It's a guy who's out of work and a crime happens down the street from him and he decides to film it and the police won't let him get close to the crime scene or give him any information. And as the movie progresses, he essentially does like the story. He is he's filling in conspiracy on top of conspiracy as to what he thinks happened there because he can't get information on it. He thinks that there's because he's got too much time, he's you know his relationship isn't going anywhere. He starts to build out this mythology of what he actually thinks is going on. And it's brilliant. It, like it, it's like yeah. an hour and 15 minutes. And like it, it ends, it gives you, I think there's one scene where there's a kind of shock thing, surprisingly well done. Um, but it's like it's a great snapshot of, yeah, there are people like this on online, and that's how it works for me. The guy who's like the, the main character, completely believable because I've seen people like that online. So I need I to watch that, yeah, yeah, yeah. I and I, if you haven't seen it, there's a great found footage movie called Capture Kill Release. Uh, I have seen it. I really we we did that. Our, uh, me and Baz did that a while ago. It's fucking great. Very good. Really good performances. Yeah. Like again, one of those movies where it's like, oh, I I could totally describe these characters and a hundred percent. That's the difference. Speaking of not being able to describe characters, yeah. So. Let's let's turn our attention <laughs> to uh-huh. uh, slasher. Uh, yeah, and let's let's turn our attention to anyone that told us that this season was going to be better. Dude, that was I look. Maybe that's what you heard. That is not what how this was presented. This was just here's how all this started. <laughs> all right, let's let's just be real about this. You're about to do a. Uh, you're about to do a. Hey, I guess you're wondering how did I end up here? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I really am. So, first of all. I, 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 so I because of the Cronenberg announcement that he was going to be in season four, I actually yes. watched the first episode or two of Slasher, sent it to you, was like, holy shit, this this is bonkers yeah. and, and hilarious. And then you watch it, and you were like, we ought to do this. And I was like, what a yeah, great we, idea. We ought, we ought to mock this mercilessly yeah. because, yeah. but not thinking, like thinking this was like as bad as it was going to get. Because TV shows tend to get better, Bo. They don't mm-hmm. tend to get worse. You know what I mean? You learn yeah. from your mistakes of the first season. You raise things up. And, right. And so, we decided at that point, foolishly, hey, well, we'll do all the early seasons leading up. And our, our grand finale, yeah. and here we are, is to do season four of Slasher, where Cronenberg shows up. 
because we both love David Cronenberg. Yes. And that, that on paper is fine. It sounds like a reasonable idea. Yes. Up until but. you have to watch <laughs> all of the seasons of Slasher and the individual episodes. And that brings us to season four, <laughs> episode one, entitled Thicker Than Water. <laughs> Slasher season four is called what, though? What was it dubbed for this one? Uh, no, it's uh, it runs in the family, family business. Family uh, business. No, it's about. not that. It, uh, yeah. It's, hold on. Uh, Running in the family. It's, we are family. Yeah. <laughs> See if Cronenberg has started singing, I've got all my sisters with me. I'd like best thing ever. Uh, he's got a sister. Um, <laughs> Flesh and Blood is the name of it. Flesh and Blood. Yeah. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> no. Oh, uh, uh. All right, all right, let's get into this. Naturally, we start with the flashback because this is slasher have to, after all. Half to 25 years ago, Bo. Man, you're right. Like it, it truly is one of those things of like when when I saw 25 years ago up here on the screen, I was like, oh right. Slasher. It's been a while, old friend. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, I I I forgot. Like, I know we joke about it a lot, right? But I've forgotten that every single season starts with a flashback. Yeah, and that was the like. As soon as it like twenty five years ago, I was like, once again, we <laughs> just play like a dangerous game. Yeah, it's. <laughs> but then I thought to myself, I thought like I thought Cronenberg's going to be there straight away. No, 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 they're going to make you wait. Yeah, yeah, he, he spent about three hours on set but we'll get to that um <laughs> it's been about three hours getting his hair dyed um so but like it's not even it's not even that though like we spoke about this uh before we went live here like i just want to stress this is 25 years ago right mm -hmm. so this isn't like solstice where they were like the previous year so it looks natural that no one is really aged this is 25 years ago and everyone looks exactly the same fucking age as they do when the show kicks off, apart from the kids mm -hmm. who are now growing up, but all the adults, literally all they've done is given them a different hat to wear or their hair's <laughs> slightly different and that's apparently aging, that's all you need to know. Yeah, I mean it, that's how I've aged, you look at me 25 <laughs> years ago, I look exactly the same, only a different hat yeah. and, and certainly <laughs> the same hairline um Good lord! So yeah, so we were twenty five years ago, and there's there, there's anarchy, bro. There's there's people running in the dark. Yeah, it's <laughs> right. It's that Twilight Zone segment with Scatman Carruthers, of <laughs> uh, just a bunch of people running around at night, and <laughs> it's Robin from yeah, uh, previous slasher se season. Um, yeah, but but not 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 the previous one though. So no, like, no, had, no. going he back, he wasn't to... in Solstice. He got he he was off doing I don't know Broadway or something. Uh, like, so what, like what is Canadian Broadway or that? I have be... not a fucking Alan will tell us. Alan, what is Canadian Broadway and how can we how can we view it yeah, online? Uh, but yeah, he was he was away clearly doing like uh, like Shakespeare in the Park or the Vagina Monologues or so I don't know. He was away doing something like that for a why year. Why would so he... he? All right, I'm not gonna poke at why he would be don't doing the put him in, don't you don't you dare try and put him in a box that man is that <laughs> man box. has range 
Yes, he is. He's ranged. That was the original um, title of the vagina monologues. Was the box monologues, but they thought that was a little too crass. Yeah, the box, the box monologues. Subtitle: uh-huh. What's in the box? Question mark. Um, <laughs> the so, Harry Clam monologues also didn't go. It would be unfortunate if your name was Harry Clam. You know what I mean? Like, you just, like imagine being called Harry Clam and the, having to go to school. The only way that works is if you own a seafood restaurant on the coast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just like the the image on all the all the station stationery and letterheads is a little man in a boat. Um, uh huh. Oh, for so, sure. Yeah, like a little Gordon's fisherman. Yeah. Fucking like the money generating machine. This show, but yeah. So Robin's Robin's back. The the woman, where did I know her from? Is this uh... the, the redhead, the mother who is apparently had a dabbling as a, a lesbian? We'll get to that later on. Uh, the mother of the missing kid, right? Uh, the right, we're right. That is Florence. Uh, What's she been? Sabrina Gurdovich is her name. She has yep. been. Uh, she was in AI. She was uh, in no, was Secretary. No, I'm thinking of it. Um, she was. And she's been in something I've seen recently because I instantly recognized her face and I was like, "That you're not a, a slasher alumni." So, um, uh, could it be the short, the Human Kazoo that you were watching, or <laughs> the Human Kazoo? <laughs> <laughs> I need to watch the Human Kazoo. Sure, you do. Um. <laughs> Perhaps uh, Total Recall 2070, the Canadian series. No, um, like none of this is ringing the bell. She's been in something I've seen recently because I instantly knew who she was and I instantly knew she hadn't been in Slasher before. So I don't, yeah, you, I, I don't know I will what that would be. And I will, I will do the research while you're talking. Okay. Um, so we've got her, Florence and Robin, their brother and sister. Um, yeah. They're running through the woods at night. Robin steps into a bear trap. And, and is like, help me, help me. And uh, Florence rolls by and is like, fuck you. And they keep, oh, literally going. like that as well. She's just like, ah, it's like just the happiest kind of, oh, my brother's lost his leg. Yay. Yeah. Steps on his ankle. She makes sure that that goes in. Yeah. And, and is like, Hey, I just want to compliment you on never giving up, but also you're fucked. Um, <laughs> And then uh, they end up going to this little shack out in the middle of nowhere where there is a bar of gold on a pedestal like it's an Indiana Jones movie. Yes. And... (laughs) It's very much like... But no one has a a bag to replace it with, which was their their fault. uh, So it's Grace, I think, the new wife... And Florence yep. in there, and then Robin makes his way in as well. And they're like, "Well, should we just grab it?" And yeah, Florence and is one like, of them, "Yeah, it might be baby trapped." Right? She's like, "Go ahead," but you know, you know our our old David Cronenberg. He's he's <laughs> he's a wily one. And so Grace grabs it, and it shocks her. Yeah. And um, then Robin shows up, and he's like, "Aha! The bar of gold is mine." <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, Florence is like, "Hey, weren't there some kids around a minute yeah, ago? Are we are we parents? Like, right." <laughs> and so she starts calling for her son Vincent, 
Yeah. But she doesn't find Vincent. She finds Theo. And, and Theo. Theo is the younger brother or, or the brother uh, in this scenario. And she's like, where's Vincent? The son I like. And <laughs> Which we're going to get a lot of in this, yeah. by the way. Yeah, there's a whole lot of throwing shade at Theo in, in this. <laughs> um, and uh, he's like, somebody took Vincent. And then credits. Then we get our, our typical slasher <laughs> credits. <laughs> um, <laughs> and Adam McDonald is back doing direction here. I don't know if he directed every episode or not, but he certainly directed the first one. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, uh, I'll, I'll check here in a second. Um, but Aaron Martin, which once again, I am happy that he's making money, uh, cause I, I really enjoy Pie Wacket, uh, but I wish he'd make another movie and get away from here. <laughs> yeah. So he definitely has directed the first couple. Right. And Aaron Martin, um, is, yeah, it looks like he's directing all of these. And Aaron yeah. Martin wrote the first one. Uh, that uh, we're watching so that that, that explains. explains a lot yeah, yeah. <laughs> explains everything uh all right so so we cut back to uh the present day and no one has aged right right robin's still looking great turns out yeah. he's married to dawn yeah from Which... the, the camp season and also from solstice because she was violet in that one and she was terrible yeah yeah she was i mean as a hardcore blogger. violet bo i knew straight away when she comes through, I was like, yes, they brought back my Violet. I, I'll tell um, you what. I am starting to become a fan of of her as an actress. She's great. Like, yeah. she's like, the two seasons that she's been in thus far and the role she was given, she was the best thing. Yeah. In both seasons. Like, she was uh, like a horribly unlikable character in um, Solstice, but that was the design. And then, you know, in the in the second season, she was easily the most likable character in that. So even though she was a total bitch. Um, so yeah, like her, her kind of taking a kind of back, I'll be interested to see how it moves forward, but kind of taking a back role here, we find out that Robin is essentially uh, Cronenberg's eldest son mm -hmm. uh, from his first marriage. So uh, you would imagine, Bo, uh, heir apparent to the, the Cronenberg throne, yeah, but that that doesn't, yeah doesn't seem to be the case. And so, no. what? All right, so uh, Dawn and their daughter Liv. No, Liv, yes. Liv, no, Liv is the the no. house lady's daughter. Liv's the other one. So uh, Afra, Afra is her Afra. Name. Yeah. So Dawn and Afra are both like, why are we going to this again? Because you hate your family, and they're weird, and we yeah. think they suck too. So why are we doing this? Yeah. And and Robin's like, well, you know, families are complicated and we got to go do this. You got to go kiss the ring and, and so yeah. forth. I, literally, this is like the conversation they're having is the same conversation I have any time I'm invited for dinner at the in-laws. Oh, like, yeah, exactly this. I'm just like, do, do, do I need to be there? I mean, if I wasn't there, would everything fall apart? And the wife's like, you kind of just have to do this. And yeah, then you go I, I mean, and then yeah. you come back with a headache. Um, yeah, I it's an opinion of the people you've had dinner with. Uh, so, <laughs> like, I I think just it is the burden of every man that the parents of your significant other is always going to think that you're not good enough for them. Yeah, but the thing is, the the they're really really nice. And they 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 love me a bits, but it's just I'm not anti I'm not anti social bull, but. Mm -hmm. Like to me, I'm like I could just have dinner here. 
Right. Yeah, you, yeah, you're right. But you got to do it. You know what I mean? You got to do uh, it. You it's have just, to. You have to. I don't yeah. have to do it often. Like, COVID spoiled me because the actual, like, the whole kind of lockdown thing spoiled me that, like, we did, uh, not this year, the year before, um, we usually go uh, Boxing Day, which is the 26th of December in the UK. I know you guys don't have Boxing Day. Mm. Um, but with Boxing Day, we usually go to their house for It's dinner. just not that popular uh, a sport anymore. <laughs> and we, uh, we, uh, we did it digitally not mm-hmm. this year the year before and it was like the best boxing day i'd had in about 15 years uh so <laughs> all right <laughs> so, uh, but anyway yeah so like they're there they look yeah. across and then they have the woman who i do know her face but she's like she's been in things i've seen but that's not how i know her right so florence the the older yeah. sister yes or, or the younger sister i think and and she's there with vincent Vincent, who is her? No, Theo. No, I'm sorry, you're right, Theo. Yeah. Um, Vincent Vincent's went missing. missing. Yeah, and and it's the memorial. It's the 25 year anniversary of. We're gonna uh, we're gonna well, get to the great unveiling. We're gonna get. That to the is great the unveiling. best part of the whole. I we'll get to howling it. with laughter, dude. Yeah. Honestly, I thought I was gonna piss my pants. Uh, but yeah, she's uh, but, there but, with her, and she's got a daughter as well. Yes, and uh, and I still don't know the daughter's name. I, I never got it through the whole episode, but the, no, well, the clearly there's, there's a re- daughter. Yeah, there's well, this is the thing. There's a reveal later on where she comes out as a lesbian, and her mother is shocked, and I'm like, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't judge people on appearances, but she's clearly giving you every indicator that she's not into men. Right, right. Like it would. The only thing that could be more lesbian is if she were driving a Subaru onto this dock. <laughs> so, if she actually physically showed up to the boat with another woman on her face, yeah, um, is the only way that you couldn't pick up that she's a lesbian. And the other, the other person on the dock is Liv, who is the the woman or the young woman um, who is the daughter of the housekeeper for this family. Yeah, we're going to get a little bit of, like, just blasey exposition about why she's been invited back in a very nonchalant sort of way, which kind of made me go, huh? Yeah. Um, like, you know what I mean? And that, like, she is also a child of Cronenberg. Cronenberg is just laying pipe, dude, honestly. It's a real Thomas Jefferson <laughs> kind of kind of move here. Of... Just anything about Pulse, man. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, so... In my favorite part of this scene, they uh, Robin and Dawn look up to to discover that their daughter Afra is now eating paint, and I was yes. like, I get it, that happens. Uh, but they're, she's a wee bit weird. She's a wee bit weird. As well, well, they say that she has Pika, yeah, which I should have looked up and then didn't. I, I mean, it's a, you know, it's a it's a, a rare disease that you get from playing too much Pokemon Go. Ah, right. <laughs> Pika Pika. See, and uh, <laughs> you got it. Um, so yeah, so they have to like, oh no, don't eat paint. That's bad. That's that's what QAnon does. Um, and then <laughs> they get her. Uh, on, the boat shows up, and it's uh, uh, Wyatt from last season, our killer, yeah, uh, or one of the killers from last season. And oh, Pika Pika disorder is. Uh, I, I actually should know this because uh, uh, pregnant women get um, is e- eating or craving things that are not food. Okay. Well, she seems a, oh like that movie uh, Swallow. Swallow. Yeah. Which yeah. 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 Also, not. 
like I this girl, I, I do too. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah. I do too, but I, I'm like, it seems like this girl has more problems than just Pika then. Oh, God, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the other one, like, and Swallow, that woman is carrying on a perfectly normal life, apart from the fact that she wants to eat things that are jagged. Yeah. You know I mean, this girl here is touched, if you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> touched, I think, is the Native American word for it. Um, <laughs> she was touched by God. Um <laughs> But uh, so they, they drag her off the paint when the boat shows up and Wyatt is the boat captain. Uh, yeah. so, speaking of Leia Pipe, we'll get to, back to him in a minute. And he's like, hey, sorry, I'm late, everybody. I guess I was too busy fishing. Everybody yeah. on board. And you're like, oh, God, this is I hope he dies soon. Fingers crossed. You don't. Uh, well, Bo, ask and you shall receive. That is Slasher's promise to you. Yeah. Um, to you only, not to me, because what I asked for was something that was watchable. And uh, Slasher did not give me that. No. So. Uh, and and this is actually, Theo is not originally on the dock. He shows up at this point, And th like he and Liv kind of give each other eyes uh, to suggest like, yeah. oh, they're probably going to be a couple in this series. And who yep. could possibly care? Um, who could care, Bo? So then I we couldn't. get to the real star of this, Duncan, which is David Cronenberg as From the back. Yeah. And uh Grace, his new wife, is kind of fussing with his tie and that kind of thing. And she is talking to him about like who's running the company and hey, there was this guy that works for you that ran up a bunch of money on his company card getting lap dances. And yeah. Cronenberg is like I'm not going to fire him, Grace. <laughs> I fire people who don't perform. Yes. And she's like, yeah, but he was getting lap dances. And he goes, I don't give a fuck about your PC <laughs> bullshit, Grace. Swears a lot. And this is, once again, this is Aaron Martin writing for David Cronenberg. He is fucking Canadian royalty. Shows some goddamn respect in the script. Yeah, which he does not. Um, no, God, oh God, no! Like Cronenberg's lines are fucking awful, and he he is also uh, throwing some shade at his own son that he had with Grace. What was his yeah. name again? Um, is, it the, is he the kid that played? Is he the kid that played Connor, or is that a different kid? I, oh, I uh, that's, nah, a, that's not, a, actually that's a fine question. I'm not entirely that's a, that's sure. A, <laughs> that's a rabbit hole right there. Jaden, yeah, Jaden is the uh, is this kid's name. Um, yeah, no, th this is his first time. Yeah, Jaden Smith. Um, <laughs> this is his first rodeo in the world of slasher. Uh, but yeah, so this is his, like Cronenberg's son with his new wife Grace. Yeah, and she's like, oh, he's gonna run the company someday, and he's like, eh, we'll see about that. Oh, literally what it is. It's, it's like shifty side eye um and you do get you do get a little bit of an explanation as to why there's some shifty side eye towards that kid later on when uh cronenberg gives them all a dressing down in a glorious scene with yeah that dialogue um and and so that just establishes like cronenberg is the head of this family doesn't really seem to care much for said family doesn't uh, care for it does not give a fuck and to be yeah. honest with you after meeting them like in the beginning and at the docks, I'm with Cronenberg. Hashtag I'm with Cronenberg. Yeah. Oh, yes. Hashtag uh, I am with Cronenberg. Absolutely. <laughs> and so anyway, a boat shows up. Uh, Grace and Jaden go down to meet everybody <laughs> getting off the, the boat. Um, Wyatt, who is named Murrow in this, is uh, shows up as well. And Grace is like, hey, big guy, you want to join us for lunch? And he's like, yeah, nope. 
nope, uh, you know, fish are jumping. I'm going to head down to the old uh, boathouse, see if I can get that engine working. And uh, I don't know if anyone wanted to mosey down there and get <laughs> railed from behind. You know where to find me. <laughs> <laughs> Although she shows up with a roll and when she describes what's on the roll, my mouth filled with saliva. It, it sounded right. fucking delicious. Yeah. It, that's a, that is a sandwich right there, ladies and gents. So Grace also is like, hey, Liv, nice to see you. By the way, why don't you get your poor ass in the kitchen with your mom, uh, who is uh, not only our housemaid, but is expecting you in the kitchen to help out because if you're on this island, you're yeah. you're working. Yeah. And and so Liv does. She goes to hang out with her mom. And her mom is like, why did you even come back here? This place sucks. This family sucks. Like So Liv's Liv's gonna be the last character at the end of the show. Oh, for sure. Yeah. She hundred percent. Yes, she and uh Theo are the main characters. Like yeah. we are yeah, those are our people. Um yeah. but uh but her mom is like being a good mom and is like, listen, this this job isn't a plan B for you. The fact that I've been working for this family for years, like don't inherit the job that I'm doing. Yeah. You get the indication that she's like our mom and potentially help from Cronenberg is putting her through uni. Yeah. 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 And, um, and, and she's like, no, 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 that I'm like, I'm, that's not why I'm back here. And then, uh, her mom is like, Hey, you need to go change the sheets on my bed because we got booted to the servants' quarters. Jesus Christ. On account of all these rich assholes showing up and kicking me out of my bed. And Liv is like, are you fucking serious? And she's like, just be cool. Yes, there are a bunch of weir uh, rich weirdos, but yeah, th this is the life we have. So don't, don't fuck with them. And so then we get to uh, Wyatt at the boathouse <laughs> working on this outboard motor. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> and then this is where grace shows up and she's like it's a turkey sandwich is turkey sandwich with pesto on focaccia i think is yeah it's focaccia with avocado and something else and my mouth was i was like i am so hungry right now that sounds fucking amazing and yeah like this this dickhead has one nibble and then it gets put to the side beside his dirty fucking engine. Dude, it's not like he's like, my hands are dirty. Can you feed me like a yeah. dirty girl? <laughs> and so she does. She like feeds him. And then yeah. he's like, oh, you got a little, a little something on your finger. Let me just suck on your digits for a second. Is that erotic? Like, I, I know there's no women in the chat right now. Is that erotic to women? Um, not to, I understand, not to I understand the women the, in my life. I was going to say, I understand the flip side on a guy. Yeah. Right? I like, I, I understand how that works, you know, the sensation and all the rest. All right. So I get that on a woman though. It just to me, just seems like, like all you've done is given that woman a wet finger. Should, uh, should he have <laughs> licked between her fingers? Is that what you're saying? <laughs> I'm just Ow. saying symbolism. Symbolism is, you know, nine tenths of the act. So, all right. Well, uh, and so they fuck. They are clearly yes. getting down. Um, and as they're fucking, at one point, he's uh, again just railing her from behind. Yeah, and is like, he's like oh. stops mid thrust. He's like, oh, what's that? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> and he goes, 
the, the exact line, God bless you, Aaron Martin. He goes, I'm as nervous as a whore in church. I keep feeling yeah. eyes on me. And you're like, well, the fact that this guy hasn't won Emmys yet is a, a stunner. Yeah. And also, like the, the yeah, I, I'm feeling that there's like what risky doing this year with the whole family being on the island, but it's probably why she's getting off on it. But then we get yeah. the reveal of who is that's and it's Pikachu, uh, who's peeking out. Um, <laughs> can you go here? Yeah. Pika, Pika, fucker, fucker. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah our, our, our pika disorder suffering child is the one that's actually watching them fuck for mm-hmm. lack of a better word all um, right and so get back to it but well they get back they get me like they stop for a second she's like i oh, just, just put it back in um which yeah. she duly does and continues on Do- yeah doesn't stop them for long um so then we go back to florence who is helping herself to some of the the booze uh, at the family the first, house. Like, see if you walk into a room, right? If it's a hotel room or it's you know it's a family room, and this is a room you're given that you walk in, and there's already a drinks cart out there with nice alcohol in it. You pour yourself a drink. I don't even care if it's nine in the morning. You mm-hmm. pour yourself a drink, well, You can finally unwind. VK mode has kicked in. Oh yeah, absolutely. And Theo, to his credit, is like, why are we taking over the the you know, the room of Liv and her mom, why don't we just sleep on the floor? Yeah. And Florence is like, because you are Galloways. Yeah. And, you know, Galloways do not sleep on the floor. And she then she's like, by the way, Theo, what are you even doing here? You haven't been to a reunion in five years. Yeah. And Theo is like, well, you know, it's the 25th anniversary of Vincent's kidnapping. I wanted to be here for this. And, and she somehow pivots this to, oh, you're just doing this for yourself, just to make yourself feel better. And I was like, that's literally what you're doing. Yeah. Fucking hack it face crow. Uh, like, that's literally, literally what you're doing as well. In fact, if anything, you transgress more than him because we're about to see your art installation. Um, you know what I mean? Like, at least he showed up dressed sensibly. And they two, like, look like they're about to have a little bit of a back and forth. And that's when Child, whose name we don't know... O- O'Keefe uh, is her name. O'Keefe. Yeah. And so, yeah. And so O'Keefe kind of busts in and is like, by the way, I'm gay. Just O'Keefe, Theo, and Vincent. Yeah. Are the three... So yeah, it's it, yeah. I, th- I think we're doing painters here, is what we're doing. Uh, well, because she's an artist. Yeah. So, uh, right, so yeah. So um. Yeah. So yeah. She's like, I'm dating a girl. Uh, you know, it's it's going real well just now. We have literally been sleeping together every single night for the last two months, and um, the the, the mother's like, Florence is like, oh, oh, what? You're you're dating a a a, a girl, and I'm like, oh. Well, for a second she does that, and then she pivots to cool mom mode, where well, she's no, she like, pivots "Well, to, well, she, she it's not it's not cool mom mode. She pivots to I'm going to steal the limelight because yeah, yeah. my daughter's getting all the attention. She's an absolute fucking bitch, right? I hate people that do this. I hate and every family has this person. Like every family has this person where someone comes in with legitimately good news, something that people want to celebrate around, and there's someone in the group that's like." I need to make this about me. Yeah. But her way of doing it is to go into graphic detail about all the vagina she was slamming when she was at college in front of her two kids, Bo. (laughs) That's the weirdest part. Well, the the, the part (laughs) that makes it terrible. It's one thing to be like, 
because she starts off with like, well, you just need to have her over sometime. I'd love to meet her yeah. and things like that. That's all fine. Yes, but of course as, it is. But as soon as she's like, oh, I've eaten a little box myself in, in college, <laughs> that's the point where you're like, you're oversharing. It reminds yeah. me of that time I got I got high with my mom, and it was uh-huh. like, oh, this is this is wrong. I don't like any of this. <laughs> <laughs> this is this uh, is familiar in a way that a, a parent and child should never be. We we were at uh, uh, last year. We were at uh, my nephew's communion um and a uh, my mom was there and um I've, I've drank with my mom before like but but not not often and not to mm-hmm. any degree of excess and um yeah like she, she i think i'd i bought her a bottle of wine and she had a bottle of wine there and she she tore in a bit and then she started giving me like like family secrets to the family that we don't speak to um like anymore like there's a whole side of my family i don't speak to at all because i've no indication uh or inclination sorry to to want to speak to them and then my mom started giving me like hardcore like details of all the ways he'd fucked up in the past and i was just like this is and i wasn't drunk enough this wasn't like duncan's drunk enough that he'll forget this in the morning i was like this is now seared in my brain like if there's ever any reconciliation there, I've got too much knowledge now. <laughs> like, so the best way to do it is just never to speak to them again. So yeah. make sure that bridge is well and truly burned. Yeah, um, I mean, literally, burn the house down. Oh leave, god, yeah, and yeah, never, yeah, never speak again. <laughs> Nook it from a from 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 a great height. And, uh, yeah, it's only so way to be sure. sure. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, so yeah. So she gives all this information out. She does her usual like like oversharing, steal the limelight, mm-hmm. and we know that O'Keefe is is gay. Right. And so then we cut over to Murrow, a.k.a. Wyatt. Yeah. Who is... Uh, fixing that engine. Well, fair play to him. You know, post, post-sex, post the last thing I want to do is complicated mechanics. Right. Yeah. It's like, where is the sandwich now? That's what yeah, you want. Well, I want that roll. Yeah. I want to sit down beside the water, a cup of coffee, and I'm I'm living the high life right, right. now. And just think about the, like, uh, I came... Wasn't that wonderful? Yeah. Hey, wasn't that great, everybody? <laughs> um, <laughs> but instead, yeah, he, he gets right back to work. And uh, then he starts seeing something moving around. And- yeah, like, because he goes, he's like, he's like, damn woman, I just gave you sweet loving five minutes ago. Right. He, think- he thinks it's Grace again. Who does that as well? Like, I, you know, I've got away from my family to bring you like a, a, a sandwich and be railed. And then five minutes later, I've managed to sneak away from the family again to get railed a second time. Let me, before we continue, I just want to point out that, that Boomer in the chat has said this season starts kind of promising and then gets worse. Remember, we think that this start, this first episode is bad. Yeah, it's not. It ain't that promising. Anyway, <laughs> no, this is this is fucking bad, yeah. right? The the Aaron Martin promise is this is gonna suck, and you're gonna feel bad about yourself. Uh, <laughs> episode one is the dizzying highs, which, like, as soon as I just said that, there my testicles retracted and went inside me really yeah. fast. All right, so. He Ugh. stops the engine that he's fucking with and actually says, again, an Aaron Martin classic, fuck me with a chainsaw, <laughs> and starts bouncing around inside this boathouse looking for, you know, whoever is creeping around. Yeah. And then somebody just throws this big-ass hook on a chain at his noggin, 
Penhead appears. Oh, yeah. hello there, Wyatt. Ah, I've I finally found you. You opened the engine. I came. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. Uh, I have such sights to show you in this boathouse. Here is my hook. We are going to have some fun gutting you like you gutted that fish earlier. Ha <laughs> ha. Now I must leave here because this is not my show. And uh, <laughs> as I do these things, I realize that I am not great at ad-libbing lines for Pinhead. Bye, everyone. You ate the focaccia and we came. <laughs> you're like, you're like, you get a, a, a hook on a giant chain, which has no practical, maybe for lifting engines. Maybe that's what it's there I, for. Or whatever. But yeah, maybe. so somebody- it's fucked off his head and then it's put through his chin. Uh-huh. And then like he's a character in fucking Texas Chainsaw Massacre, he's then drawn up. So he's hanging by his jawbone. Mm-hmm. And then the killer who might be Connor from the previous season, like the stabbing in this show is like, like remember, remember when that guy's dick was stabbed? Mm-hmm. Remember when we stabbed Joe's cock like a million times? That's kind of what happens to the chest of of uh, Quint. Uh, <laughs> so but a, then we get the like yeah, to gut him, gut some like a fish. Yeah, so get, like, to, like physically gut some like a fish. Um, and uh, <laughs> board pinhead is back. You're welcome. Um, and then uh, yeah, like that's the end of him. So, like, and this is what sprung to my mind straight away is we are just rehashing season two here. Well, yeah, go, we back, go back to the hits. Yeah. Yeah, um, well, season two, the guy who takes them to the cabin, mm-hmm. the guy that owns the shop, is the first death. You're right. You're right. And doesn't he, doesn't he get fucked with a chainsaw? He does. There you go. So we're just rehashing season two <laughs> like yeah aaron martin has one idea which is <laughs> the old what aaron if, martin what, playbook what, has one page and one idea what if flashbacks and people getting split open <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh so yeah he's gone no yeah. one will miss him and again credit where it's due the one strength of slasher is that Special effects are great. When it gets bloody, it, it's really gross. It's all and, practical. Yeah, it's all it's practical, fun. and it looks great. Yeah. They will they will ruin this with the CGI effect that doesn't make sense. It doesn't work at the end of the episode, but this one here works fine. So we go back to Dawn and Robin, who are touring around the house. Yeah. And Dawn is getting all excited because uh, Jaden, the, the son, the, um, yep. is kind of giving this story of like, oh, well, this is a painting of this haunted tree and the guy that owned this house was buried in the basement. And Don's like, this is so exciting. Did you, I brought a Ouija board uh, <laughs> and we can do a seance later. And Robin, meanwhile, is like, this is bullshit. Yeah. This house is A, not haunted, and B, I'm bored. Yeah. <laughs> and finally... It's only haunted by the high expectations that Duncan and Bo had for this season. Yeah. <laughs> Clung yeah. into the walls. Yeah, if if you listen closely, you can hear the sounds of wailing. That is Duncan and Bo realizing there are seven more episodes. <laughs> How did you spend your 2021 watching Slasher season one at three? Why? Why would you ever do that? Because yeah. season four's got David Cronenberg. Oh, no. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, he's got a cameo. Um, Yikes. So... <laughs> Jaden finally is like, hey, I'm going to leave you two to argue amongst yourselves. I'll, I'll see you later. And a- after he takes off, Don is like, he's a nice guy. And Robin's like, that motherfucker. He yeah. is like, he's a backstabber. 
and you know trying to take basically claim my place and in, in the family mm-hmm. and dawn is, is kind of sticking up for Jaden at this point she she's like he's not that bad a guy if you get to know him he's not terrible yeah although we will once again in classic slasher, classic slasher fashion within 10 minutes of this you know dawn's gonna 180 on that well all right so immediately afra shows up yeah Ed is like, I don't like it here. I want to go home. And Robin says, like, all right, well, honey, look, come into the bedroom and I'll sit you down and we'll calm down and you can tell me all about what happened. Mm-hmm. And he basically just tells Dada, like, hey, how about you blow? I like I, I'm gonna hang out with our daughter and calm her down. I don't really give a shit what you do. Yeah. Yeah. Uh so Dawn takes off and uh Anyway, so we get a moment with Liv uh, making up the bed in uh, the the room where Theo is going to be staying. Yep. And when he comes in, walks in on her, and is like, look, this wasn't my idea. I don't need this room. And uh, Liv is like, no, no, no. Your, your step-grandmother would never allow it. Like, Grace yeah. is, is big <laughs> on propriety. And here we get a bit of backstory on live where you're like what now yeah like out of nowhere yeah literally out of nowhere where theo is like hey i just want to let you know like everybody in the family was real concerned when you were in the military and were stationed in iraq and while you were stationed over there we were all kind of on pins and needles hoping everything was going to be okay and she's like okay i'm gonna go get towels (laughs) and you're like So what we're gonna like once again setting her up with the template of she's gonna survive this because she's seen shit. Right, she's got military training. Again, she and and Theo, like I could be wrong about this, but she and Theo are definitely our our final couple of of all of this. She like I don't know about like like I would like Theo's being presented that way. Liv is definitely surviving this, like a hundred percent. Absolutely no way she isn't. She is our final girl. But uh, yeah, so we, we, we cut away from that scene because we to do as many cuts away from family interactions that glean nothing except like superficial introductions to things that may have an effect on things. Well, yeah, this is a thing we need to know. Also, Boomer correctly saying Aaron Martin has the Vince Lombardi mindset. Just use one play and eventually <laughs> it'll work. Um, hadn't, hadn't yet, but <laughs> fingers crossed. Season um, five. <laughs> all right, so this is... One of the uh, highlights of the episode. This is mm, this is a chef kiss moment. Yeah, Th- this and Cronenberg teen off on the whole family are are yeah. the go- the good moments here. But the the highlights of this this episode. This is the reason that I would love to say it has justified our three season trek. It hasn't, no. but it made up for the 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 overall disappointment in this first episode. So Florence has the family gathered. While she reads a poem at a memorial for uh, the lost son, Vincent, that is currently covered up by a tarp. Yeah. And she's reading her poem. And it's like, you know, oh, pointy bird. Oh, pointy, pointy. Anointy yeah. me. Uh, but it's, <laughs> it, it's all about eggs and the fruit of loins and shit like that. And then she whips off the, the canvas yeah. or the tarp. And it is just this monstrosity of yeah, it's the, it's bullshit. Yeah, it's the, it's, the, it's the totem from Hellraiser 3. Yeah, yeah, with a couple <laughs> of dolls glued onto it and stuff. 
which is the totem from Hellraiser yeah. 3. Like, it's like literally, like, once again, pinheads in there, got that. You know, the box, uh, you know, we must have like, I can't wait for CD Cenobite to arrive in this movie. Oh, oh this is the wrong film. Oh, oh, this is a TV show. I have been grossly miscast here. I will leave you again. Goodbye. You- yeah, it's horrible. It's fucking horrible. And not only is it horrible, but then her grand finale is to take two eggs and smack them off her legs to crack them. Which, no, by it's, the way, it's on her belly. It's like her womb. Yeah. She cracks these eggs. She also does not change because uh, at the dinner table, she's still wiping off egg and I'm like that. Fucking change before dinner. Jesus Christ. But anyway, she cracks she cracks these eggs and then we were talking about this off, off air. Yeah. I have never heard David Cronenberg laugh. It's like, chilling. Ever. <laughs> we hear it here and it is, it is horror. <laughs> like, it's like, it is the most... Like there is no joy, there is no life. It's the the it's if a if a computer laughed. Yeah. Ah ah that, ah that's ah, nice. ah. It's literally he's like <laughs> he's just like, he's just like ha, 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 But like everyone ah. else is real somber, and yeah. he just starts you know cackling in his. Oh, he slapped his thigh and everything. Yeah. This is the this is the funniest shit he's seen in a long time. And so Grace is like, uh, let me just get you out of here because you you cannot hold your shit together for this. But as they're walking away, he just goes, What the fuck was that? Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. is pretty good. It's a great line. It's a great line. Once again, does Cronenberg need to swear? No, he has a huge vocabulary and a massive intellect. We could have picked up, you know. Uh, like another word, but Aaron Martin has decided that he is Tarantino and everyone must say fuck. Well, when I say everyone, David Cronenberg might be the only like the only character that swears more than once in this episode, and I think he says fuck like 10 times. Like he's doing a Limp Biscuit song. Um, it's the weirdest <laughs> fucking thing ever. He's like, once again a character that I've never heard swear before. Like a, an actor, a director, never heard him swear before. I've seen plenty of interviews with him, never swore. Yeah, but in this, he's making up for lost time, bro. Aaron Martin, you should be ashamed of yourself. Anyway. I'm your head in shame. So we cut to the next best scene of the episode. Yeah, you, we're putting them right beside yeah. each other because that's how long we had Cronenberg, right? <laughs> and honestly, I, I got to say, if you were, if, if someone asked me if they should watch Slasher season four, I would be like, watch these two scenes and that's, that's all it. you need. Yeah, this is literally all you need to watch. But yeah, he's got them all around the table. They're all being kind of pithy mm-hmm. to each other. And then he decides to do the ding, 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 ding. I'm going to make a toast. Ding, 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 ding. And right. then drops the mother of all bombshells on the family. Right. He's just like, I just want to let everyone know I'm <laughs> about to die. <laughs> and they're like, the what? Uh, what? The fuck? And he's like, that's right. It's stage four lung cancer. <coughs> I'm dying all to hell. I'm sick yes. as shit. <laughs> and fuck, fuckity fuck fuck. <laughs> fart cunt. Fuck fuck. Sick. <laughs> so. <laughs> and and he's like. Also, I should point out. This is going to be my last cock-sucking weekend on Earth. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Not only is he about to die, but he means he is like this weekend. He's about to die. And let me let me introduce let me introduce to you, Mistress Wu. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Like, this is Doctor Trin. 
she is good at killing old fuckers like myself. Yeah, like, do, let, let, let me just introduce Dr. Death. Yeah. All the, like, this is, as soon as she come on screen, Bo, I was like that, she's the killer, right? Yeah. Now, I might be wrong. I don't have anything to back this up with, and I want to stress this. This is a theory based on nothing, but as soon as he says to her in the next scene, I think it is, um, you know, basically, you need to, you need to oversee these games. You know, you, like, which is a huge responsibility yeah. to give to your euthanasia nurse. You know what I mean? Like, who seems to know all the intricate details of the family because she says something, like, specifically later on about uh, inheritance or something, or, or, or will. She's privy to all the fucking details. She's a trained fucking assassin, Bo. <laughs> she, she is uh, uh, familiar with Mortal Kombat. I th- uh, I, th- I think I th- oh, this is, I'm uh, like I say I'm I will I I hope I'm wrong because I don't want to guess the killer in the first episode because there yeah. is literally no dimensions to any of these characters yet to formulate that. But as soon as she was introduced, and like the fact she walks in dressed like an assassin and not a nurse, I like this theory. I don't know that I agree with it yet, but I like it, <laughs> and, I, and I'm totally on board with it until proven otherwise. I don't think. I mean, does. there's a. Like she's standing behind Cronenberg and a fly is in the distance flying past and she picks up a toothpick and throws it across and stabs it in the wall. <laughs> she's that fucking deadly. <laughs> yeah, like somebody drops their knife and she grabs it before it hits the floor. Yeah. Oh, she's like, Dr. Oh, yeah. Dredd, you're quite good. Uh, <laughs> anyway, anyway, anyway. You know, like, so, like, yeah, he's like, um, he's like, you know, I'm dying. I, I'm going to die by euthanasia. Yeah. Here is dr trin who comes in and everyone's like what the actual fuck dad and he's like yep i know i know and um and Flor- you know florence yeah. actually interrupts is like um can i just say something and he goes i'll tell you florence you can shut the fuck up how hey, about we're that doing more f-bombs yeah, yeah. <laughs> more f-bombs but he shuts her down and he's like listen we uh we used to I don't know if you remember the flashback at the start of this episode. We used to do family games on this island every single year up until 25 years ago when Vincent, my poor sweet Vincent, went missing. And I always thought we'd find him or we'd have closure on this, but we're not having closure on this because, well, we will. But uh, bear with us. So uh, at this point, Duncan, after our technical failure. (laughs) Seamless technical failure, bro. Yes. We are back uh, at the point where um, David Cronenberg is letting everybody know he's he's gonna die. And when people start to get a little feisty, here's what I like. I genuinely I'm hoping for that at the end of my life I reach a point where I'm like, well, I'm just gonna tell everybody what I think of him. Yeah, yeah. And and this is exactly what he does here. As a real, you know, what your problem is sort of moment. Yeah. So. Aside from his hired assassin, Dr. Trin, on the side. <laughs> telling you, Dr. Death, more like. Um, he's like, you know, as you were pointing out before we were so rudely interrupted by, you know, technology. Um, <laughs> that he's like, hey, we're going to play this game that we played 25 years ago where I have you do a bunch of fucked up stuff and dance on puppet strings for my amusement. Mm-hmm. But and whoever wins is going to get, you know, all my money. And uh, the rest of the family is like the fuck and yeah like his new wife is is like particularly livid because she's put time 
in with Cronenberg, who doesn't appear to be the easiest guy to live with on the on the whole the whole kind of premise that it's coming like the fortune goes to her because she's the widow and the son takes over the business affairs and that's what they call in the business bowl a checkmate. Yeah, well, all right, so he right, he he gives her shit about that. Robin gets it for being, as he puts it, a man child. Yeah. And then tells Florence, who he laughed at for unveiling her hideous sculpture, it tells her, I've seen better art in a toilet bowl. Yeah. Oh, it's a great line. It's a great it's a, a, a great line, the old toilet bowl line. Uh, Jaden, by the way, lost, what was it, five million on a trade? Well, he says he, he lost it in a wave. Is what right. he says. Right. Like, like he lost a big five million dollar ship. And Cronenberg is like, I was in shipping Fart Blossom. Yeah. Martin calls him. And he's like, uh, <laughs> I was, I'm in shipping, so I know how much this shit costs. You were clearly skimming off the top. Yeah. And so uh, he <laughs> says, for the, first, for the first time in your motherfucking lives, all of you are going to have to earn your fucking keep. And yep. so they're going to have to compete in all these games to get his money. And he says, oh, by the way, this is all going to start in two hours. Yeah, he's given the, the, the clock is, has started. Things are getting ready to go. Cronenberg has laid them the law. I, I, I love it. There's a couple of small bits of Cronenbergian rage here, which is kind of amazing. Where there's like a like full-on shout. And he is quite intimidating for an old man. <laughs> like He really is. Yeah, oh, for sure. Um, but so he strolls off to go die and <laughs> then, uh, later, later on after this goes down, Robin is telling Dawn, you know, he's like, oh, I'm a failure. I get that from my father. Like I, 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 I can never be what he wants me to be and that kind of thing. And to her credit, she's like, no, 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 you're like, you're a good dude and you're better than your father tells you. Yeah. So you just say like keep your head down, keep keep focused, like, we can get through this. So Dawn wants more, seeming like the one with a head on her shoulders, unlike the previous season. Well, she, was she 100% is, because the next time we see her is when the games are starting and she's a picnic bl- blanket and a bottle of wine. Yeah. And I'm like that. Dawn, is, Dawn has the right idea here. She's like, this is your crazy family shit. I'm not getting involved with this. I've got some. I've got some vino with me. I've got a nice blanket here. Go knock yourself out climbing up that fucking rope. Yeah, it turns out this is a whole big satchel of none of my business. And, I don't, <laughs> I, and like, I hope you win, but also I don't care. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and so then Grace uh, is is telling Jaden all about like I I can't believe that you're not inheriting this. I you know. I've been with him all these years. How dare he mm. not give me this money? And Jane, to his credit, is like, hey, my dad's about to die. Like, I'm yeah. more upset about that. Yeah, no, that that little nugget of information that we found out just 10 seconds ago. You know what I mean? Yeah. And he literally has the Grim Reaper behind him. Dr. Trend is the Grim. Dr. Trend Grim Reaper, like, hovering behind him. So yeah, it's it's the, like and Grace is like I know, but you know, money, money, money. Um, and is it is this where we is this where we get the so the the, the housekeeper the, is the next yeah, scene where where yeah, Cronenberg's laying on bed with like a cold yeah. rag on his forehead. 
<laughs> I'm getting ready to shuffle off this mortal coil. Yeah. Um, and she walks in and she's like, see, when you said that this competition is open to all descendants, is, do you mean all descendants, i.e. our dirty secret love child? And he's like, because well, this is what I mean. Like, yeah. this character, the love character, we've like literally just found out of nowhere, did a tour in Iraq. And also, by the way, she is the fruit of Cronenberg's loins. Like, just poop. Yeah, surprise. Yeah. <laughs> Hello. Um, and uh, Cronenberg's like, yeah, everyone. <laughs> like, just, <laughs> like, you're like, and she's like, right, cool. So she goes away to prep Liv, um, AKA our final girl. Um, and he's kind of lying there, just like, oh, you know, so kind of stressed here. And then, and then uh, we get the, the whole kind of setup of, um, Dr. Trin, uh, who comes like walking in to the sim track of icicles being dropped to the ground. That's how fucking scary she is. Um, she's like fucking the cold hand of death. Uh, she's like, you know, has all the grace of like a Dementor from Harry Potter. Just like everything withers when she's walking past it. And uh, she walks up and he's like, listen, you know, I've made up my mind on this. You need to, you need to be here. You need to be all over this. You need to make sure they play by the rules and play my game and all the rest. Oh, and by the way, this cannot hurt me. <laughs> like, like, what we're about to do here with this jag to kill me, I don't want to feel any fucking pain. I don't want any of that shit. I just want to just close my eyes and that's me done. Right? Do you understand what I'm saying? And she's like, yep, sure thing. And he's like, dude, no, I, I mean, I'm just saying, fart shit cunt, you need to make sure that I, you know, I, I feel no pain at all. I want to, I want to transition slowly, peacefully and calmly to the next, you know, the next, phase of my existence and Dr. Death is totally like yeah that's totally a thing that's going to happen looks at the camera winks at the audience wink, wink. yeah <laughs> like, twists our fucking evil moustache uh, whilst looking at the camera she might be innocent I might just be putting this whole backstory on her which is needless when we find out the next episode she's fucking good Samaritan like pulled a right. drowning puppy out a toilet, you know what I mean? This sort of thing. And I, I've, I've painted her as like the most evil woman in the planet. Um, but yeah, like she sets him up with a drip. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then um, a cocktail of, yeah, of like sedatives that are just going to put him to sleep and then stop his heart. Yeah, and uh, like all is good in the world of the Cronenberg. He's like, he's happy. He is going to leave here in no pain at all probably taking all the evil sins and all the names of all the people he murdered with his bare hands in a boardroom to his grave with them, so... Well, and he also... Like, when she, when he's about to take the, you know, the midnight train to hell, uh, <laughs> she's like, you know, you could live for a couple of more years, maybe. I, you, you could get some chemo. chemo. Right, and yeah. he's like, ah, fuck that shit. I'm like, I'm done. I'm ready to go. He's like, that. have you seen these fuckers in my house? Like, why would I want to spend, like, even a second longer with these horrible people? So, yeah, so she gives him the drip, and he just kind of lays back in bed and closes his eyes, and she's like, do you want me to stay with you? He's like, get the fuck out of here. Um, yeah. You know, all Administer about- the game, woman. Yeah. And, all right, so a little bit of, of flashback business here as well. Need some flashback, but we've hardly had any flashback in this episode. Right, just the one. And so when when Florence is talking to O'Keefe and, and Theo mm-hmm. about the fact, like, she's pissed off at just like everybody that she's just not getting a cut of this money, but she's got to, you know, 
play this screwed up game. Yeah. That um, Theo, it, much like Jade was, is like, there is no reason to fight about all this stuff. Like, we we should just be with him in his last days and yeah. enjoy that. Like, you know, who cares about the money? And Florence uh, is like, that's just what I would expect out of you. <laughs> She's like, you, you, you don't want to do shit just like you didn't do shit when your brother got kidnapped. Like, out of nowhere, she left fields in with this. Like, this is like a like a sneaky right hook. Yeah, and, all right, so then we get this flashback where it's, um... <laughs> we Cronenberg the- cashier die. We need to just address that right now because it's ridiculous. Yeah, he, like, some Rudy Giuliani-style black hair yeah, die. also, like, David Cronenberg has, like, 25 years ago, David Cronenberg had grey hair. Right. Yes, yes, yes. So what What the fuck are we doing? Like he says, I think he says he's like 80 or 90. And mm-hmm. this, he's in his 80s or something, I think is what he says in the show. So that would put him in his 60s, maybe early 60s. It is totally acceptable to have grey hair. Maybe in this uh, in this story, he just, he can't accept it. He just can't accept <laughs> it. Um, but yeah, like every, every, everyone has black hair dye in. Yeah. The children... <laughs> All the all the women, they're all just like greasy black hair dye. Mm-hmm. And it's it's Cronenberg announcing the game we saw at the beginning of the episode, where he's like, Yeah, I have this fucking eighty thousand dollar bar of fart yeah. gold cock of beauty. <laughs> and you're gonna you're gonna uh go after this. By the way, there's there's a, a moment where Robin gives Flo some shit about like, well, last year you slipped. You thought you, yeah. I, I asked you for aspirin and you gave me sleeping pills. Which like shows you the level of this game, right? Like, yeah. This is like, you know, drugging each other. And we saw in the flashback at the start of this episode, standing on a bear trap once it's already in your ankle. So this is like fucking like serious shit. But um, Vincent and Theo are running about the place playing with swords. Um, specifically, um, I think it's Vincent's trying to quote unquote kill Theo. Mm-hmm. Um, and Theo's like, no, no, get away. And he comes over to speak to his mum who tells him it's obviously a fake toy. You know, it's a toy. It's not a real sword. And then you get a great Cronenberg thing about let's get these brats out of here. Yeah. Um, but then, that, that his grandkids. Paper. Yeah, right. He doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah. <laughs> he, he, he doesn't care about his kids, much less their no. kids. So, <laughs> yeah. So he he gets pissed off, and the housekeeper is like, "Okay, boys, why don't you go to the beach? Get me some shells. I want you to get me a pretty one, and you to get me a big one." Yeah, you know, kind of does gets him out of his hair, his greasy black hair. <laughs> and as soon as they leave, we realize that Vincent is kind of a shitty kid. Vincent's a dick, right? Like an absolute dick. Clearly, he's mum's favourite, and oh. clearly gets away with murder. Um, or, or does he? Bo? this could be a. Um, well, um, so <laughs> he calls Theo a pussy a bunch. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, smoke kid. Yeah, and like throws rocks at him and stuff, and you yep. know, in, ends up like running off to the beach even though Theo's like it's getting kind of dark and getting late maybe we should go back and he's like yeah the last thing we'd want is like a like a dinghy to appear in the distance with two balaclavered weird men who will steal you I mean that's what happens at night time maybe we should go back to the house right and yeah Vincent's having none of it and and Theo reluctantly kind of chases after him and so sure enough they get to the beach and this is head scratchingly dumb yeah and, and as you said 
a, a like of all the places a boat could come upon shore on this island that apparently David Cronenberg owns, um, <laughs> so fucking, which is in itself just ridiculous. But he owns this island, and the boat lands right where the kids are, and they actively target Vincent because Theo tries to get involved and he gets pushed away, and they just pick him up, fling him in the dinghy, and off they go. Yeah, and kind of yeah. You know, punch Theo. By the way, Theo takes a punch, dude. This kid gets yep. rocked in the jaw by a thunk. Yeah, which is the most <laughs> enjoyable part of the the whole episode for me. And yeah, gets gets his bell rung, and then when you cut back to the present, Florence is telling Theo like, there "Oh, is- she's still at it. She's like, yeah. he's just he's relived this whole horrible scene in his brain when she started talking, and now he's finished that flashback." Just to come in at the best bit where his mum's like that, I wish it had been you instead of him. There, yeah, there isn't a day that goes by that I don't think that you're a piece of shit and should have mm-hmm. been kidnapped and sweet little Vincent should be here with me. Sweet, innocent. Yeah. Little Vincent uh, should have been here. And I was like, geez, that's harsh. Yeah. And so Theo reasonably starts packing up his shit. Yep. He's like, fine, I'll take off. Like, I don't care about anybody in this family. This is how I'm going to be treated. I'm yeah, going. I'm going to get the boat off this island, yeah. assuming that the, the boat driver is still alive. <laughs> right. Uh, as long as good old Wyatt hasn't yep. been killed after eating a delicious focaccia sandwich. <laughs> uh, but and, and reeling my stepmother. Yeah. And, or step-grandmother. Uh, <laughs> Liv finds him in his room and is like, hey, everybody's kind of getting together for this first challenge. And he's like, I don't care about that. Like, I'm taking off. These people are all terrible. And yeah. she's like, no, no, no. You need to think about your your family as a whole. Like, I, I watch how you operate. And you're kind of the peacekeeper. You're the person that keeps everybody together. Like, Florence is a nut. O'Keefe is doing her thing. Like, you're kind of the glue that's holding everybody together. And also, I know if you win all this money, you're going to look out for everybody in the family yeah. and give everybody yeah, yeah. a cut as opposed yeah. to, you know, Florence or Robin or whoever. It's, it's the Knives Out scenario, wasn't yeah. it? It's yeah, like, like literally any any of these cunts in the family of, of Knives Out get that money. No one else is getting the money. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, yeah, and she asked him point blank, like, if someone else wins, what happens to everybody else in the family? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so this kind of convinces him. Uh, then we get, sadly, um, as Cronenberg is lying in bed waiting for, you know, the drugs to take effect. And Yeah. And- can, I t- can we just stress here, Aaron Martin, you have David Cronenberg, one of the, one of history's great clinical minds in cerebral terror. A guy who sardonically, I think, acts. I think he enjoys acting because... I guess I'm a chance to, to play kind of weird and wonderful character pieces. But David Cronenberg, not only have we never heard him laugh, but he's not the most emotional person ever. So to have him in this scene is fucking ridiculous. Like this, this was one of the most head scratching things I've seen ever in Slasher. Like everything I've ever seen in Slasher. I could not get my head around this because he sees his first wife. Mm-hmm. Um, who, by the way, looked very old. <laughs> just everyone looks fucking old in this TV show. And I thought to myself, is that what 
Like, I'm not in with this deal if when I die at, let's say I die at 80, like what I want to, if I'm going to another plane somewhere, I want to be back in my prime. You know what I mean? I don't oh. want to be like I don't like, I don't want to be like in the next plane of existence, crippled with arthritis, a bad back. You know what I mean? All that shit. But he's yeah. like he's his wife comes in and he's like, oh, is that you, Edith or whatever her name was? Yeah. Uh, some old name, uh, Maureen. Uh, like it's and Annette. she's like Annette is her name. Yeah, Annette. Yeah, uh, which is once again it's an old name. Uh, and he's like, is that you? And yeah, you've come here after all these years to. Help me join you in the next plane of existence. I'm so happy. And then he's then it starts to kind of dissolve, and we get our first kind of proper look, although not full on of our killer. Weird costume. Kind of I'm a being honest. Mask and a top hat kind of scenario. It's really yeah, kind of. It doesn't. It doesn't work. But anyway, um, this person comes around. And he's like, oh, what are you doing? Like, what what is this? No, I don't think you're supposed to put that syringe in there. I'm like, just no lines, Cronenberg. No lines. The the, the medication has numbed you. Like, right, he can't speak. Oh, no, please don't do I don't think you're supposed to do that. And essentially what we're led to believe here is that acid is injected from a syringe that would have melted, but we'll get past that, into the tube. And then it melts. Once again, this doesn't make sense. It melts the outer skin the rib cage, so we can see the heart, and then it melts the heart. That's not how that works, right? I don't know if Arne yeah. Martin understands this. It would be the other way around. Plus, your heart doesn't burst into fire when it meets acid. You know what I mean? It doesn't. It doesn't become its own like hot coal. It, well, it's his just heart that, is a mogwai. He got yeah. a mogwai heart <laughs> transplant. Yeah, it's a bright light, bright light. Um, yeah. and, uh, but it's such a... And the CGI, for all Slasher does well with its kills, the CGI is fucking shit um, in this scene. It looks cheap. It's not a great effect. I don't know what it adds. You know what I mean? Him dying that way, yeah. I don't know what that... He could have certainly pretended to have a heart attack. I would have been fine with that. You know what I mean? And it's not as if you can hide this as like an accident or natural causes. So if that's the case, you might as well just chop his fucking head off, right? Or go vicious. This is the thing that just doesn't make any sense to me at all. But also, syringe, mm -hmm. understanding how things set up, Dr. Death. This is where I'm coming in with this one. It just looked like there was like a, a really... How many, how many of those people back there do you think one new he was going to be, no one knew he was going to be committing suicide, that there was going to be a euthanasia nurse there, right? That they would just so happen to have a syringe and acid to kill him. It's a doctor. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it, I, I see your point, but also it's just a syringe. Slasher. Like, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's just and slasher. Also, like, I've got I some, I got, you know, I got plenty of syringes in my bathroom right now uh, on account of the heroin. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, um, I mean, didn't want to bring up on the recording, but neither we have. Yeah, uh, this is time yeah. to stage an intervention, Bo. Uh, uh, we yeah, all love I you. Like, I like riding the horse, man. <laughs> it's, uh, it's what I like. Yeah, but Cronenberg dies in immense pain. Yes. <laughs> which just, was not what he wanted. Right. He does not get the easy out that he had hoped for. He gets uh, he gets taken to the Sizzler. And <laughs> uh, it's a, it, yeah. And so he, unfortunately, he's gone now. Yeah, we'll uh, only ever be seen in flashbacks now. Yeah, but I hope... We and you've do. got to think he wouldn't die, he's here. I would, just for a 
one minute scene. Uh, so, turns out that's actually the best CGI of the show. Um, but uh, the worst, the worst thing is we're going to get like a whole lot of bad hair by Cronenberg moving forward, and I don't, I don't know if I, I don't know if I can take him seriously with that hair. So the one thing I'm hoping for is that every episode has Cronenberg just ripping into somebody in a, oh, yeah, in a flashback, yeah. and that well, would make me happy. Well, that would make sense. You know, you would set up the person that's going to die, yeah. which is the slasher kind of trope. But yeah, so Cronenberg's now dead, and then we jump to what is presumably the first test, which is basically climb a rope. <laughs> right, it's a, a feat of strength. And uh, and Dawn and the housekeeper are both just kind of hanging out watching all this, which I really like, yep. like you Bottle, said. Bottle of vino. Yeah, mm-hmm. this is exactly how you do it. This is like, I ain't, I'm, I'm doing nothing, but dr- I'm, I'm continuing the drink on from dinner. Um, a cruel thing to do as well. You've just had a, a dinner where your dad's told you he's going to die. Uh, you're all stuffed and then you've got to climb a rope. Yeah. Uh. Well, and, <laughs> yeah. And then uh. Dr. Trin is like, hey, everybody, it's time for the first feat of strength. Is everybody here? Yeah. And as soon Someone as... Someone wearing a hood, Bo. Right. This dude strolls up and what we are soon to discover is that uh, Vincent... Yeah, our, our missing has been missing for twenty five years. Vincent has shown up just in time, and like Theo and Vincent stare at each other, and and the the whole episode ends with Theo saying Vincent, and yeah. that's it. It's stupid ending. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's not a good ending. I, I mean, it raises so many questions. Like, because my theory was that maybe. As soon as they were doing the twenty-five year thing, my theory was that Cronenberg had was behind the abduction, which could still be true. Yeah, but then it has no impact if he's dead now. You know, well, unless he's just like this is him kind of getting his revenge from beyond the grave or something, where maybe he's pulling the strings and kind of orchestrating this chaos, and maybe. But then, why would he like his? Because like, so if he's details. not behind it, yeah, if he's yeah. not behind it and no one else in the family is behind it and he's just been, you know, was kidnapped, escaped and then living in existence, what are the odds that he would come back to the island the day they'd be doing this? It's just... Uh... Yeah, I mean, right. It, it's... I mean, we'll see where all of this goes. and it, it, Sadly, yes, we will. <laughs> and I'm, I'm going to at least allow for the moment that there is a yeah. way to kind of bring all this together in a way that could be kind of interesting. Because the idea of like, oh, here's this kid that got kidnapped 25 years ago, and surprise, here he is again. There's something kind of inherently like, oh, okay, well, that's... Well, that it's Operation Red Herring. Right, well, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's like he arrives back on the island. With, like, this is the first time I've seen him and, oh, by the way, two characters are now dead. I mean, it's it's total red herring, yeah. but it's so obvious, blatantly a red herring, that it's not him. So It's the Doctor. <laughs> all right, so your... I mean, let's just get to quick theory. So right now, your yeah. theory is that the killer is Dr. Trent. Our, our, well, she's at, at least, at least the killer of... Um, Cronenberg. Okay. Just because of the med, like I say, no one knew that. Otherwise, all those scenes that we've seen don't make any sense of them all being shocked and having conversations about the money and all the rest. There's only one person out with Cronenberg that knew that it was going to be um, essentially assisted death, and that is the doctor. 
And that's the only way that makes sense to me. Also, like the whole gutting of someone, you would assume the doctor has a sense of anatomy. Maybe that makes sense. I don't know. Maybe I'm I'm stretching for that one. Yeah. Plus, she feels like an ominous. Like I said, like she showed up dressed in fucking black, like a ninja assassin. Um, and now she ha- she seems to be in charge of the game. Yeah, yeah. It just I mean, it's too much. Right. Uh, so I and I see your point. I, I and that all makes sense. And and that. I hope you're wrong just because it would be more interesting I, if it was someone else. So do I. I, I. I'm really, at this point, I wanted to throw me a curveball that about episode four or five, I'm like that, but I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> There's three characters left, and it could be any of them. So That's what I want. Yeah. So the other, the other, uh, my theory right now, which again, has no basis in anything, is that it's the housekeeper. Oh, Right. So, uh, just because, like, she's been put upon all these years, she didn't want Liv to come back uh, yep. for the weekend, and also it gives her an opportunity. Like, you know, she had this relationship with Cronenberg, and that's why she's yep. killing the the dude that's fucking his wife now, and, you know, yep. that kind of thing. So, um, yeah, I, I, we'll see how all this goes, but that's my roll of the dice. Hey, at this point, on some level as well, maybe she overhears a conversation where he's speaking to the woman about assisted suicide. Mm-hmm. So maybe, and, maybe, maybe, right? And you know, she would like again. It's one of those things where, like, oh well, the help knows. You yeah, know, like there, nobody pays attention to her, but she's seen everything. You know, mm, possibly, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's my theory right now, and uh, you know, we'll see how it all goes. It wasn't a good episode. It's not a great start. It's not a great no. start. Um, no. All right. Well, Duncan, before we wrap things up here, let's, yes. let's take a moment. Uh, tell everybody where you can be found between now and two weeks when we talk again about this nonsense. <laughs> yeah, you can check out all the stuff that I do with podcasts under the stairs and the Teapots Collective at teapotscast.com. Loads going on just at the moment. Uh, podcast under the stairs is doing some box set stuff, uh, looking at Gamera and looking at Lindsay Baker box set. Uh, we're also doing um, a movie club series on Brian De Palma, as well as about to do a Russian roulette franchise retro on Rick. And then on the Teapots Collective, uh, where to begin with comes back in a couple of weeks' time. We're looking at film noir, neo-noir on that. Doing the nasty, we'll have a new episode out by the time this one drops, where we looked at, um, what did we do? Happy Birthday to Me, mm. which is a very long movie, but the payoff's kind of cool. Um, and another movie which completely escapes me. Oh, Mausoleum, which is absolutely fucking bonkers. That Mausoleum is bananas yes absolutely bananas like to the point where you would think it was made by an italian but it wasn't it was made by an american which is mind-blowing um so that that's there um on the chronicle show i've opened that up this season for guests so people are picking a european horror movie they want to discuss and they're coming on to do that the first episode will also be out 
back in this one drops um, with uh, David Garrett Jr. being my first guest. Um, and uh, yeah, the movie he picked, which I will not spoil here, uh, was a really good one. I hadn't seen it in, in years. Um, and then finally on that feed, there is Opera Omnia, which has just dropped its final episode of season three. Bo Ransdell was the co-host for the entire season looking at David Fincher, and we finished on the very, 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 very ambitious and kind of fucking awesome mank. So that's all can be found, tputzcast.com. Great. Uh, and if you want to hear any more out of me, uh, you can uh, uh, find The Dark Parade, my horror series, um, mm -hmm. all on any podcatcher of your choice. Uh, you can also, of course, find the show, Duncan and Bo Come Correct. And uh, lastly, but certainly not least, um, you can find Pick 6 Movies. Uh, the, that is a thing I do with my buddy Chad, and we are doing a bunch of diehard ripoffs this season, so that's a good time. Uh, and you can find my shows and many, many other fine programs over on legionpodcasts.com. Uh, and uh, I don't I don't think I've told you this. I'll tell you this right here on the air, Duncan. Um, I'm not going to be running it after June, uh, the Legion Podcast. Oh, wow. I did not know this. This is uh, this is uh, being sprung out of nowhere. That's right. Is uh, it, that's how I is it continuing it. on or is it yeah, moving yeah, yeah, on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, some of the other hosts are going to kind of take over, but uh, in terms of, you know, like my tenure as uh, Grand Poobah of the network and whatnot. Um, I'm just going to be stepping down. Like, I, I've done it for a number of years. I've, oh, yeah, yeah. Know. You've done it for, like, almost the the entirety. I think out with the first year and a half. Yeah. Um, and it was under a different name then, so. Yeah, um, and, you know, like, everything's going well. We're doing as well as we've ever been. But it's kind of that thing of, like, let me go out on top. Like, things are going well. Let's, yes. Let's, <laughs> uh, and, and also, um, you know, I get some new blood like I, I you know the way I put it to people is like if I continue to work as the kind of editor-in-chief of Legion podcast it is just going to be continuing to do the stuff that I've been doing yeah and, and I think every now and again you need to shake things up and have somebody come in to take it a, a different direction so did you did you break this news to them all over dinner at the last minute and then tell them that they were all going to have to compete against each other for the reigns of legion podcast network that is 100 percent accurate <laughs> um i told court that his art i've seen better art in a toilet bowl uh, <laughs> i told darren he's a man child <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, so I'm still going to be doing it for uh, a while still to yeah. kind of help with the transition of all that stuff. Mm -hmm. But yeah, come June, uh, I'm, a, I'm, you know, like all the shows will mm -hmm. still be on Legion Podcasts and so forth. I, I just won't yeah. be in charge of it anymore. And imagine all the free time, Bo, that you're just going to replace with another podcast. I, I, I won't like... replace it with another <laughs> podcast, but there's stuff that I want to do that I yeah. haven't had time to do. Yeah, and, and that's one of the reasons that I'm I'm kind of stepping away as well. It's just like, oh, with Dark Parade, there are things I would like to do with that show that I don't have yeah. the time to do. And yes, um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, but I'm you know like I'm very proud of what I've done, but also very excited to see what comes next. And I'm I'm looking nice. for like I, just like everybody else, I'll be like, well, I wonder what they're gonna do now. You know, yeah. so <laughs> uh, I, it, it's gonna be strange and interesting and kind of wonderful to be in the audience again. Nice. So, uh, at any rate, um, also, if you have any interest in running a podcast network, I'm sure that, you know, there are, <laughs> we, we will have a, a series of feats of strength. 
Um, but, uh, uh, yeah, but also I know the, the hosts that are, are working on it, you know, are, are certainly open to ideas. So, you know, yeah. now is the time if you've ever thought to yourself, like I could do a better job than fucking Bo, um, <laughs> then now is your time. Yeah. It is, it is your chance to shine. Um, yep. I, I can do a better job than farty caca Bo. For then, then fart nonsense, nose blowing booger head Bo. <laughs> Um, I don't know he did do the he did do the anchor man mind, didn't he? He's like, I've seen better art in the toilet store. <laughs> You're right. Um, but anyway, <laughs> we'll be back in two weeks with yet another episode of Slasher. We are counting them down, Bo. We are counting yeah, them. We're, we're almost out. We've only got seven episodes of Slasher ever left. Yeah, we are. We are. To put things into perspective for the listeners, we are now in the shit tunnel from Shawshank Redemption. Yeah. All the hard work chiseling and getting through, we've done that a bit. This is now the shit tunnel. Episode eight of this, me and Bo will be standing arms raised in the rain. Yeah, that's that's absolutely correct. So until then, the only thing left to do is uh, to say to my good friend Duncan, say good night, Duncan. To my good friend Duncan, say good night, Duncan. Nah.